see. We running this rap shit. Memphis Bleak, we running this rap shit. B Mac, we running this rap shit. Freeway, we running this rap shit. Owen Sparks, we running this rap shit. Chris and Neek, we running this rap shit. Takeover, the break's over, nigga. God MC, me, J-Hover. Hey, little soldier, you ain't ready for war. Welcome back to the We Was I was about to say We Was Dragons. We Was Privileged Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. And we're pulled off the air because we used a Jay-Z song. I'm your co- other host, Chanel. No, nah, we're not doing it live. I, you know what's funny? I used to do songs like that. I used to go live on Facebook with one of our podcasts and because we would get interaction with like on Facebook. And then when I would do licensed music, they would always cancel that shit. And I wouldn't realize it until I'm in the middle of the show. And I'm like, why is nobody commenting on anything? <laughs> and then I would get on Facebook. It's like, oh, it's been removed for something or something or another. Yeah, it's like how Instagram will just uh, cut your live. Like, just it'll just mute it. Or, like, how TikTok will definitely, like, mute your whole TikTok because you said nigga. And it's like, I believe I should have an exemption. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all should <laughs> be able to filter from that. But anyway, like, I had several TikToks. I'm like, I, I just, nigga just slipped out. It wasn't even germane to the topic. Um, but anyway, yeah, we got that. I mean, them starting out with, like, rap in a town car Kindle, that definitely gave me life. Like, we haven't seen this that particular man in, like, three seasons. Seeing Kendall just, like, about to come and wreck shit with his one button on his suit. And, him, like, him just walking through town, like, fuck you, pay me, was really, like, that was that worked for me. I was very happy to start my episode like that. Yeah, that was from the the first time we saw that was episode one of the show. And he was, I went back and watched it. He was listening to the Beastie Boys that episode. But of course, this episode, of course, he listened to the takeover by Jay-Z because he thinks he's about to take over the company, which is like so on brand. It's like, it's so on brand for Kendall and on the nose that it's funny. Because of course he would do yeah, that. Yeah, like, he's hyping himself up. So that was great. So before we, this was episode, oh, before we get into the show, um, you can, I usually do this at the end, but I want to get on the the beginning. So you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. You can leave us a review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Uh, If you leave us a five-star review, we'll read it on the show. Um, And also you can send us an email at wewishdragonspod at gmail.com. So please interact with the show and let us know what you think. Uh, but yeah, so this is episode five of Succession, season four, Kill List. Um, I'm gonna ask Chanel what she thinks about the show, but really quick, uh, usually I let her go first, but I kind of want to go first this time because Chanel <laughs> owes my girl Shiv an apology, and she will be giving her an apology this episode. And also, uh, this episode was really like the first episode of the rest of the show, so it was like. We dealt with Logan's death. We kind of had the wake of Logan's death last episode. And now it's like, okay, this is the rest of the show. This is what the rest of the show is going to be like. And I thought it was fascinating seeing all the different stakeholders and what was going on. Um, and and also like the Logan in each of them, which was great. Um, so I really enjoyed this episode. What'd you think, Chanel? I love the episode. It gave me a lot. Um, I don't know what I owe Shiv an apology for but okay and we'll get into that and um also I went to go see if we had any new reviews and 
it's giving suggestions of like 45 other succession podcasts and I just need to explain to y'all that you don't need them you just do not we're comprehensive we're funny we're down to earth and we have corporate experience that's where that's all you need that's all you need also uh Lucas Madsen had in or Alexander Skarsgård has mad chaotic energy like oh my god (laughs) it it was so he was fantastic in this episode like he kind of jumped off the screen to me um in terms of just like this was like a random guest star a couple seasons ago and it's just every episode I see him the more I want to see him and in this episode was just like full-on Madsen experience and it was it was fantastic. So I just wanted to get that off on the start. But uh, so you know we go through the recap different ways. Um, we go through the recap in different ways every week. But this week we're just going to kind of go in order because it makes the most sense uh, for the way this episode was structured. And so the episode starts in New York, uh, and based on our intro, you know Kendall was riding to work in his town car, listening to Jay Z take over. Uh, not through headphones this time, by the way. So the last time we saw Kendall doing this, he was in the back listening to headphones. But now that he's in charge, he just makes his driver listen to Takeover. Which listen, you know, and that's good for the driver. That's a that's a, when I say what are the perks of the job? Great playlist. It was. That I mean, that's a great song. Uh, and Takeover is better than the Ether. So I just had to get that out. Um, All right. So then you can tell Kendall really loves this boss shit, like being in charge. Like just the look on his fucking face, how he walks in, everyone gives him a standing ovation. He soaks that shit up just like he can't get enough of it. It's just, he loves that shit. He's soaking it all in. He's like, ah, yes, give me the love. Give me the adulation. I mean, Um, outside of manslaughter, Kendall really deserves it. Like, you know, when you think about it, Ken, all Kendall did was kill a guy. Outside of that, yeah. give him his praise, you know? I guess. <laughs> Kendall, I mean, Kendall's kind of, I mean, this episode, like, the, the the best line in the history of this show, or not the best line, I take that back, not the best line, but the, the most accurate line that anyone has ever said in the history of this show was Logan call, saying they're not serious people. Because <laughs> these are not... Particularly, like it was all three. One, I, I'll give a hint. Shiv was far more serious in this episode than the other two. Uh, but these are not serious people on the whole. And actually, this, th- I, I think they all had like high and low moments. I actually don't. I don't know. Maybe we'll get into it. But I. Oh, you're shaking your head. <laughs> I don't know okay. how you think Kendall right, and Roman did anything it. good. Let's we'll see. Good. Uh, so then they get in, um, and Ken walks in, and this Roman have it. Roman has his own team, and they're coming in. And the first thing I notice is like, okay, Shiv's not here. Y'all already lying, because y'all told Shiv she's gonna be a part of all the meetings and be in everything. And Roman, to his credit, was like, hey, go get Shiv. I'm like, this shit already started. So by the time she gets there, y'all gonna be halfway through the fucking meeting. Um. Yeah, I mean, by the way, like, uh, when you think about those three approaches, um, I do think that Shiv, I don't know what the setup is, but definitely, like, there should be a better system for figuring out their meeting, even if it's just Shiv, like, floating. 
on every single yeah. one of them. And I think that if 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 nothing else, I would be doing that after the way that she got to the phone, you know, second to last. Um, and I mean, Connor didn't even get to the phone, right? But uh, so I would definitely be hovering. I would definitely have a corner office, or should I be at the secretary's desk to make sure I don't miss shit, or have a tap? She can hire an assistant to call her as soon as they get in the same room. Like there's so many ways around that besides her just kind of waiting. And I feel like um, I'm not saying I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying like there's there's pride, and then there's like all right, fuck them. I'm gonna be in this meeting, so I'm gonna pop up whether they call me or not. Secondly, I do think it's interesting. So Roman um, Kendall comes in like unprepared not unprepared but like by himself he wants to go he wants to go in say hello to the people because he's ceo he's co-ceo now and then get on the plane and go quick what he said slipping mickey and matson's meatballs which wow um i mean what a great line right because i don't even know what the fuck it means and then Hugo it's, has so, like, it's, well it's swedish meatballs like you get from ikea right but what's a mickey a Mickey you know, like is a like a date rate drug. Yeah, like a roofie. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I, well, I, I, I kind of would have preferred to leave it unexplained. But um, <laughs> so <laughs> you, you never heard ahead. the term Mickey before? I mean, kind of, but I really just wanted to be be like, no. But anyway, so Hugo brings down like a, a probably, let's, let's be clear, probably like the principles of Mackenzie Bain and like BCG and Deloitte, like the top four consulting companies in the world were probably in that lobby he's like fuck off <laughs> he go he goes up the. Uh, he's like tell them to, to wait I, I don't need them um and then roman's team as you mentioned is probably a bunch of people roman actually has worked with and connected with scol so i felt like that was a very um interesting way that they all showed up and then shift shows up at doing it doing again the catch up hey did i miss something what's going on did we already start um, in that meeting, uh, Carl, basically everybody gets in the scene at one point, but Frank, no, Carl and Jerry come in to, they, all throughout this episode, they're going to keep asking, are you guys, re- well, through the, the first act, right? Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Basically not trusting Kendall and, uh, Roman to, of course not, handle the meeting <laughs> with and well, right. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, they don't if, even want to go over like, you're going into a think about this. You got to put this in perspective. You're going to Norway to meet this chaotic guy mm-hmm. on their terms mm-hmm. to get a deal for mm-hmm. billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to do a, a a drive run. What we're going to talk about, play off different scenarios. You know how we're going to approach this. And it was clear because when they walked in the fucking meeting, they're talking over each other. They're, you know, they don't know where to go. They're, they're taken aback by his offer. Like they, they, I'm shocked that he would make this offer. Like you wouldn't be shocked if you'd have practiced because y'all would have in, in the practice, someone would have been like, okay, what if he offers to keep ATN? How are we going to handle that? Mm-hmm. Like that would have been one of the scenarios. They were just completely taken aback because they think they know everything. I mean, do they think they know everything? Yes. But what I read into it was that there were, there was prep. Perhaps there was not the proper prep or like the most cutthroat prep, but, um, you know, like, <laughs> um, ignore all previous emails, what, <laughs> what Kendall said. So, you know, Roman's like, how many freaking times are you going to email me? He's like, just ignore all the rest of them. I emailed you my final thoughts or when they were going into the meeting, they were like, we've done it. We've done it. We've done it. So I feel like, yes, could they have even been more prepared? Yeah. But I didn't read it as like, they haven't discussed it. I read it as like, 
they just feel like look we got it from here we went over it twice like we're good so again could they have done better and been more prepped sure but um I didn't assume that they like had no prep from the like talk about conference calls that they had do you do you know what I'm talking about yeah when they mentioned yeah yeah. but I Um, also think their prep was bullshit I feel like sure. I feel like Ken sending a thousand emails to Roman. I'm I'm guaranteeing yeah. those emails. Those, oh, I would, oh my God. Would I pay to read those emails? Would yes. I pay to read Kendall's rambling email? Ooh. I guarantee those hey, emails. Hey, real quick, said, here's the pitch. Here's the pitch. Fuck Matson. IKEA sucks. America won the war. That that's one pitch. Yeah. Yes, that's actually something you probably would say. <laughs> yeah, I now I want to do a podcast just in 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 Kendall's voice. I just want to to do a whole succession show the way that Kendall would, would do it. So they get in this meeting and they're talking about this shitty fucking movie called Calypsotron. <laughs> you know how many times I had to rewind that to be like, what the fuck is it called? I could not catch that name for the life of me, bro. Yeah, it's called Calypsotron. It's about a hibernating bear. It costs a quarter of a million dollars, a $250 million budget. They're talking Somebody about- Somebody in the room is having fun with that, by the way. They're having to do $25 million reshoots because someone quit and a whole bunch of fuck shit was happening. And so they're talking about this and they're not, they're just not paying any attention to it. It's just like, I mean, okay, it, is a le- it is not as urgent, but with that said, actually what's really crazy about that example you just gave or this, I mean the, the example in the, in the show, I was just reading about how uh, Jamie Foxx came out of his coma, thank God, or his, his he had a stroke and he was just like not doing well and he's good now. But somebody was saying like, oh, um, and I'm not saying this is right, but somebody was saying, notice how Jamie Foxx had a stroke and they hired a body double to do his scenes instead of halting production. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> and the and only thing scenes? I was thinking was like, um, he's, oh, sorry, he's in a movie right now. And instead of stopping production after he had a stroke, they hired a body double for the scenes that they could where they wouldn't shoot him from the front. And people were saying, like, is it, see how, like, they'll move on without you. And I'm like, that is true. But this makes me think of how, like, they did that because they could not afford to not do that. Yeah, that shit costs money. Yeah, like millions of dollars and pay and like space constraints and all that. So, yeah, I totally um, it's just crazy because I was like, damn, I, I'm thinking like succession right now and thinking about the fact that they can't halt production. Anyway, sorry. So they so, like, yeah, it's like 250 mil, stuff like that. So Madsen calls them and pulls his first strong move of the episode. Oh, yeah. Didn't he, call, he just emails, right? He sends a. Oh, yeah, he sends an email. And he basically tells them, bring everybody, you know, all senior managers, you know, all the C-suite, all the execs, everybody needs to come. Um, but the power move is he names them all. He knows their organization in and out. Yeah, because he's 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 chaotic and weird uh, and creepy, which we find later. But he's a also he's also what Logan would call a serious person. It's why him and Logan had somewhat of a connection, because... Mm-hmm. He he appears to be a good business person, on this, at least from what we know about the show, and so he basically. I think they, so, but I think some like I think what people might say makes him good, similar to Logan, is what also makes it like he plays on the edge, and he just happens to be playing against some people right now that are maybe unprepared. But there's a reason why this deal. There's a reason why this deal is even happening. You know what I mean? Like there's like. I'm still suspicious about a bunch of things, but keep going. 
So he, uh, so this, the C-Speed's like, oh, this is a sizing up. They just want to size this up to see who we're going to keep and who we're going to let go when the merger happens. Because anytime a merger happens, you have duplicates, right? You have multiple people doing the same thing. And so you have to downsize. That's just part of what happens when you merge companies. If I got, if my company has four marketing people and your company has four marketing people, we don't need eight now that we're one company. So somebody's got to go, right? And so this happens anytime a merger happens. So you got to size it up and see who you're going to pick and who you're not going to pick. And they all know. And Carl, Carl and Frank are like, bro, I've been at this shit 30 years. I'm let let me go. I don't care. Give me my golden parachute. Sell it for I got stock in the company. I'm gonna get my share. Y'all gonna give me some more money to go. I can go live in my sunset the rest of my 25 years of my life and live it out. Like they are like Carl is just ready to go. He's popping champagne and everything. But the but the other people who haven't been in the highest positions as long, like like Hugo and Ray, who probably make you know mid six figures. They probably make three, four hundred. So I know. Have we met Ray and Mark before today? Mark, I don't remember. Ray, yes, but sparingly. It felt very much, yeah. It felt very much like uh sacrificial, like what a uh, pawn sacrifice, as Tom says later. Yeah, but those guys, they probably make mid six figures. You know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year, which is a good living, but it's not. They don't have enough to just like I'm not stepping foot out of my house for the rest of my life type money, and so they probably don't have no stock options. Yeah, they don't. They don't much. have. They don't have early Google and Microsoft investment money for sure. No, so they're like, oh god, I, like I don't. I'm I'm not trying to go through this shit again. They because you know they'll find another job, but it's like you've been somewhere, you got a name, you got power, you got a position, you don't want to have to work your way back up like those people don't like and work also, your way into knows? influence. Who knows if they do have a, like, who knows if this brand is respected elsewhere? Like, I don't know that the Fox News brand is respected in all news. You know what I mean? No, it's not. But there's, when you're in the corporate side, it's a little different. Like, if I worked at Fox, like, there's people, there's people at Fox News who are not right-wing nut jobs who work there. They just do regular-ass jobs that, because it's still a functioning company, so, like, it needs people to be an accountant or it needs people to be HR or whatever the fuck. Like, they have regular, regular-ass jobs. And so, you know, you that's still counted as experience to those people. Yeah, no, but, you're right. You're right. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just wondering if we're going to find out a twist of, like, that, yeah, maybe outside this world, it's not as sweet as, like, everyone doesn't respect Logan as much as they act. But maybe, maybe I'm, I'm reaching. Well, we know that that's not true because he had like 10,000 obituaries last week. So like Logan was a big fucking deal. But no, I agree with you in terms of like Hugo, right? So Hugo's like in PR. And so being a PR person for Fox News is probably not the most respected position where you're like defending Tucker Carlson. Who got fired today? And I cheered. Um, Oh, and a lot happened today. Tucker Carlson got fired today. Don Lemon got fired today. And say what you want the videos that are floating around about why he got fired are not giving cnn the justification they think and also bam margera got a got a warrant for his arrest after a domestic disturbance or disturbance whatever and ran into the woods in pennsylvania and he's he's wanted right now did you know this yes news today was a news day today was a big news day um so yeah so then 
you know, they they realize they're playing hardball. Uh, they're walking to the plane, and this is when we finally get our Greg and Tom interactions, which we get every episode now because everyone knows that's what we want to see. And Greg is full on like a horn dog at this at this point. Like all he thinks about is fucking. Like the first thing he's talking about is like disgusting brothers. <laughs> yeah, disgusting brothers. The first thing he's talking about is just like getting some Norwegian pussy. <laughs> And I'm just like, what did he say? Wait, what did he say? The hot. Oh, please tell me what phrase he said to them at the end. I didn't write that down in my quote section, but at one, he did say a bit of Norwegian wood inside of his, in one of his quotes. He said like hot toddy or some shit that was like, so it's just like, okay. And, and it's like, this is not the time, Greg. Like there's times, but this is not the time. No, it's not the time at all. But he doesn't like. He's still a. He's still a moron. <laughs> like, this is how we know thing. he's going to be CEO because look at how he's failing forward. Look at how he's the one with all the intel. He has more intel than Shiv this episode. So here's what you were trying to figure out. Wow, whirlwind, huh? Uh-huh. So why Norway, not Sweden? Annual retreat. Anyway, Norway, Sweden, what's the difference? So I'll descend it from the same rapists. Hey! Right. Hello. Hey, hey! How are you? Well, excited to get a feel for Scandinavia and, and some hotties. The hotties. Right. The Arctic foxes. The Norwegian wood. Greg? Yes! Ar- <laughs> what's wrong with this nigga? <laughs> Arctic foxes is fantastic. I knew I needed that line. I needed to remember that because I said, what the fuck is up with him, bro? You on like, and then um after that, Hugo says, we're going to go play electric, uh, no, musical electric chair. Yeah, which is a great line about what's about to happen. Okay, yeah. So then they get on the plane uh, and, and we see Frank and Carla putting on compression socks because I was screaming, you know, <laughs> bro. And, Car- and they're like, problem? And Tom yeah. was like, I, I, "All right, old man." And Tommy, fuck. Tom needs to stop acting too brand new too. He needs to get his heart checked out. Tom is forty five years old in shape. Okay, people die. People die at That's all ages. True. I'm just saying he not he not too he not too young to just you know throw throw a little a little athlete wrap around his ankle. Anyway, so they are they cut to uh, the kids. And Shiv notices all the bad publicity about Logan mm-hmm. for what Kendall said yes last episode um, on the sneak to Hugo. And yeah. so she's not dumb. She's like, this shit is obviously coming from us. Like, <laughs> this is obviously coming from us. And so Kendall fakes calls in Hugo and says, hey, if anybody's mm-hmm. saying bad shit about Logan, you know, ixnay it, ax it, yeah. ax them or whatever. And Roman kind of notices it, but he also kind of is just too distracted to give a fuck. And, like, he just, he's probably working, like, him and Kendall are working it out right now. So it's, like, not even worth blowing up the ship to be like, are you doing this? So, but we he kind of gives a look. So then they start talking about the movie and how much it costs. And it's complete bullshit. Like, they're... Like they're acting like they know what they're talking about, but they really don't have any fucking idea. And they try to tell, they try to tell Shiv, like, um, we're doing real work over here, Shiv. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, please, he says something like, we're going to go fight the Vikings and like, uh, we're going to go fight Genghis Khan. And she's like, you're looking at documents. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. 
It was so, it was so ridiculous. Uh, it, no, he said we are we're deaf wrestling with ogres. There you go. Said. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're deaf wrestling with ogres, which is what Ken said, which is such a ridiculous. Literally, line. but the thing is, like, are they prepping? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Are they prepping? Yes. Are they prepping well? I do not know. I think they're just pretending to look busy. I think that's what that was. That's it's just okay, like that's a fair, pretending that's a fair to look busy. But I also just don't think they're fucking smart. So I'm yeah, always thinking okay. negative. Um, so that you know, so then the C suite, they're sizing up the Gojo people that have their same positions, and they're all threatened by their age, right? Because everybody on Logan's team is for old sure, as fuck, sure. except Carolina. Uh, and everybody on the Gojo team appears to be young and spry. They even talk about being the fucking Olympian or some shit. One guy was an Olympian, and so they're all nervous that they're going to pick the young people because we old fucks don't know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. Okay, sorry. Madison later calls them boiled eggs, and I don't know why that. Why that made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Jerry gives this speech, this like vaguely like nationalist, like they're they're all fucking, you know, they're all fucking ready to go with their uh their health care and their sick leave their sick family leave and they can yeah they're all you know they're all uh comforted from their sick leave and their in their health care for all and they don't know what it's like to be a tough american and they yep. don't know what it's like to have a pathogen called logan roy yeah they've been exposed they... oh that was such a good line that was a fantastic line and a fantastic way to explain Logan. Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You do have to have some, like, you have to deal with some shit to work for Logan Roy for 30 fucking years. Like, that probably wasn't the most pleasant fucking experience. So they were kind of hardened. But that doesn't mean they're smarter than those people. That just means that you dealt with a terrible fucking boss for 30 years. <laughs> uh, and, and they, right. I don't know. Right, exactly. I think, I feel like, which, I mean, and some some part of it got me riled up because I'm like, yeah, Jerry, talk your shit. Like those moments are when I really appreciate that Jerry really is like a bad bitch. And she just was like playing the role with Logan to stay around. And, mm-hmm. and with another CEO or another company, she'd be, she'd be the one giving the shit. Um, but like, yeah, she basically is like, yo, we're, we've been hazed by Logan Roy. Like, fuck them. Nobody cares. We've been, we've dealt with the worst, the worst, like, We've dealt with the worst of the worst. Like whatever they can throw at us, we we we're okay with. And Hugo says we're snakes in a plane, which is also a good response to that. So yeah, I kind of felt motivated by her by her chat. But like you said, it is nationalist. It is very much like, yeah, they're just they might be smart, but we're pieces of shit. So basically, or um, did you watch uh what was it called? The shit with um Hugh Grant and fucking Nicole uh, Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Yes. Yeah, well, the, What's it called? The Undoing? What was it? Is the Undoing. It's one of my favorite shows. We reviewed That's it what it's on... Undoing. Okay, I thought I was tripping because I'm like... We that, reviewed that... it on the RTO podcast. But in hindsight, that that title and the show are like not the best. But um, anyway, when the grandpa tells somebody he's a cocksucker, that's what that makes me think of. That speech where the dude from Hunger Games is like, I am an original cocksucker. I will ruin your life. I don't know if you yeah. remember this, but that's basically Jerry being like, we're cocksuckers. Like, we're, we're not here for this. So then they get to Norway and they're riding in the car and Roman's complaining about the fucking seatbelt. And Shiv, Shiv completely, at this point, she knows 
these motherfuckers are nervous. They're up to some shit. Like, at least she thinks some, She thinks something's up. She doesn't know at this point, but she notices, like, they're fucking nervous, and she even calls it out. And Ken's like, no. And he's like, all right, Iceman. And then he's like, well, well, you know, actually, well, you know, I just want to get the deal done. Uh, and she's like, yeah, just squeeze every fucking dollar so we can do Pearson ATN, right? Like, right? We're going to do Pearson ATN, right? Because she knows something's fucking up here. And she she can tell that Kendall, at this point, not Roman, but at this point, she can tell that Kendall's really loving being a CEO. Because everyone can. He's just fucking walking around peacocking. Like he's like he's the shit. Um, so then they get to their accommodations. And this uh, this is where the privilege comes in. Roman's fucking complaining about this fucking house, like whatever the fuck they're in. Like, oh, isn't this really small? I'm like, this nice ass fucking cabin you're in? Like you complain mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. this shit. That shit I mean, is so fucking nice. Roman does have the best uh if it when a bear shits in the woods, I think he uses this was just a good like they're just talking shit to each other to you know how like when you're just trying to bond over not wanting to do something, you just talk shit about it. I, I for some reason that made me happy. I was like, Yeah, y'all just talk your shit, kids. They're just they're just che- like that's a that's a sibling checking in with the sibling, is how I read that. By the way, Jess has to come up. She might have one of the biggest come ups in the show. Jess went, oh, yeah, she's came ready. on with Kendall when he was. She left with Kendall when he got kicked out, right? Mm-hmm. And he was out there trying to be a social justice warrior, quote unquote, like in the mm-hmm. quote sense. And she's out there trying to do all his PR that he's not listening to. Mm-hmm. And then he works his way back to CEO. So she's the executive assistant for the CEO of Waystar Royco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she, she made a nice little come up and she's actually good at her job. <laughs> so okay. good for Jess. So then uh, they see Frank and Frank asks Ken and Roman, Hey, y'all want to run through this shit one more time before we get there? Oh no, no, no. We're good. We got this shit handled. Like leave us the fuck alone. I'm like, God, you guys are so fucking stupid. Uh, yeah. Connor. Co- good. No, I would say, yeah. Connor calls them from the funeral home. I think he's planned. They left him to plan Logan's funeral. And he's mad that Marsha's there. And Marsha wants to put Logan in a kilt uh, in the in the casket. And they're like, we don't need this shit right now, Connor. Figure this shit out. The funniest thing that happens here is while they're talking to him, uh, Will is in the background. And Will is like, mm-hmm. don't let them make fun of you. Like, she's hyping his ass up now. Cause she's just, she's full on wife mode now, so she's just like, don't let oh, them make fun sure. of you. I mean, she probably also is wanting to say that, but like, that's a precarious position to be in before you're married to be talking, like to be pointing out the flaws in the family. Um, so yeah, now she's like, don't don't let them take that. And then uh, Kendall's being a fucking bully. He writes under the clipboard. He was talking about the deal they went to make at one forty four per share. Um, he. <laughs> Uh, he writes moron under it when when he's on the call and I'm like bro I know y'all are like sucked into this shit but he's saying how do you want your father to be memorialized that's not a small thing that's when you're that type thing. of figure yeah when it, you're that type of beyond, figure. right even that that amplifies it right but they're like oh can you just handle it but then he's not wrong like okay are y'all whatever however fuck i handle it you have my back because don't come in here cussing me out when i tried to call you and say hey this is not working and then also like shiv kind of said something that threw me off because she was like thanks for handling it for us and it's like he's not handling it 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 seemed like she was saying for us three instead of like 
thanks for being the one to do this because we all should have been doing it. It just really seemed off to me. And I know that they're like belittling him always, but um, he was not wrong. And like this deal is important, sure, but so is your dad's burial. Um, And then there's like the thing about pictures where they're like, send pictures, don't. But like, I know that is tough, but you're like, you you got to look at them at some point. Yeah, I think yeah. they were to look at them. But I also think they don't want that energy going into this meeting. So he's just like, don't send me that shit right before I talk to Matt, like Madsen. Like, that's not, especially oh, Roman, because sure. you know how emotional he is. So he's just like, don't send me that shit. Yeah, but it and also he did, like, mm-hmm. and we'll get to it, but he did. And that definitely led to him being triggered. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But I'm just saying, like, I don't think, I think if Kendall could, he would avoid seeing him whatsoever. Like, he would I mean, avoid yeah, at him from here on out. That's all. Well, Kendall and Shiv never went to look at him. Exactly. Like they never, so that, they, they haven't seen him since. That's all I'm saying. Um. So then, um, Carolina, by the way, is so, is she, I said this before, she is definitely the most competent person on this show. Like, she mm-hmm. is clearly very good at her job <laughs> and she, she can pick shit out. She knows what the fuck's going on at all times. Like, She's a competent person. It seems like, for the most part, the C-suite, the more I watch this show, at least this season, the more the show is trying to tell me, you know, Carl and Frank may be a little quirky and old white man-ish, but for the most part, like, Carl, Frank, and Carolina, and Jerry were actually, like, good at the job. And, mm-hmm. and, Lo- and like, Logan was good at the job, but also, like, needed them to do all the minutia bullshit that he wasn't or cap- wasn't going to do or wasn't capable of doing. And he mm-hmm. could just be the big picture guy, which he was good at. And so, like, they had a thing that worked that made it successful. And when you contrast that with, like, Kendall's team or Roman's team, is always, like, nondescript random white dudes or just, like, random people that they're mm-hmm. pitching to. And it just, it's just such a it's such a contrast that they, they've been doing this ep- this season, which I thought was great. Um, For sure. I also think, like, just the world and business looks different now than when they came up so these are people who got in on the ground floor when things were still when hiring was still very racist and mm-hmm. competition was very slim and it wasn't international to the extent it is now so it's like it was just if you're a white guy who goes to a decent school you can literally be paid like you can be in six figures without a college degree you can be you know all these be in all these different rooms without having layers of qualification so not saying they are particularly unqualified but saying like that you know, it's always bullshit when boomers are like saying things are different. It's like, yeah, it is because y'all were playing by your own set of rules and creating companies in a non-digital era and uh, without with less regulation, with less oversight. You know what I'm saying? Like when the dollar was when, with less inflation. So it's always I, I'm just pointing that out, like not even to say anything to your point, just to say like, yeah, of course they want to get in and get out because they did build something. But that doesn't mean. And I'm not saying the kids could have built it in their day. I'm just saying that, like, it's hard to build that now for many reasons, including as an effect of what the people who did build these big companies back then, this the scenarios they created for us to deal with now, you know? No, I agree. Can you hear my train in the back? No, not really. Okay, great, great, great. So then uh, the kids meet Madison. And <laughs> Madison gives the Roman and, and Kendall a hug. And there's like, can I give you a hug, Shiv, or I'm going to get a lawsuit? Which I was like, that was so on brand for Lucas oh. Madison to but say. But I hated <laughs> that. That was such a weird fucking way to, like, 
from beginning, I was like, oh, he's he's a different type of asshole. Like, we think Logan was yeah. rude, but Logan was not di- like he's a different type of rude, honestly. Yeah, that's why I said he has chaotic energy. Like he's mad. Like he's a sociopath, bro. I don't know if he's a sociopath. That okay. seems a little extreme. I just okay. think he's like. Oh, okay. So they go into the meeting. They go, Weird. yeah, our dad didn't die yesterday. Our dad died two days ago. He goes, well, my dad died by what? Uh, died by suicide. Nigga, what? Like, and then he yeah, goes, but- no apologies for me. Fuck yeah. you. You never acknowledge our dad. Yeah, but see. Though. This is why you this is why you are too good to be a rich billionaire CEO. Don't don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. I could be a rich billionaire CEO. No, you're not. You're too good. You're too nice. Oh my god. He's fucking playing them. Like all that is a game to him. He cause he's his whole thing is like, oh, you poor babies. You you mm-hmm. can't you can't do anything because your dad died. This this horrible he's basically like your fucking dad was a horrible piece of shit to y'all, and y'all act like y'all can't function without him. My fucking dad, I had to find my fucking dad in the car committing suicide in the fucking garage. And you were crying to me because you're because your 85-year-old dad died on the plane that you didn't even have to see. Like th- he's right, basically just playing them. I totally think that could be the case, but he's going, he's doing what a sociopath does, which is going outside the conventions of like basic social norms to achieve his goals. That's literally what makes him sociopathic is like yeah we could all like we could all lie our asses up all the time to get what we want but you kind of don't because you don't want to like steal 20 dollars out your mom's purse but you could you know what i'm saying you could to get the money and trick your mom but like why would you do so i that's all i'm saying is like is he a good businessman sure but you know there's also studies that say like you know if you look at a lot of ceos they have similarities to sociopaths in terms of personality yes and they, they do. Yeah. So that's that's what all I'm saying. anybody, but that's anyone that's great at their job. Almost anyone, right? Like if you read stories about Michael Jordan, you would think Michael Jordan's a sociopath. Like asshole. his competitive, like how competitive he is. But you can't be that great at something with like. Is there anyone who's the greatest of all time at anything that's not an asshole? Like anyone. I- but I, but I do wonder, you know, that I, I, hopefully somebody will understand the line I'm trying to draw here. Like I thought about this the other day. Think about like in history, if the first person who is dangerously horny, like to the extent that they were like about to like sexually assault someone, if that person got their ass beat, and the next person who got dangerously horny got their ass beat, and the next person, the world would be different today. But because the world was made by a certain set of people who wanted to excuse their their choices and wanted to like skew things, a millennia later, we're dealing with like men walking around being sociopaths or being dangerous, and we're not classifying that as mental illness. Like we're not classifying men who like have five different wives as like mentally ill. But that's clearly mentally ill, but like we don't see it that way. We see it like, oh, some men are just extra manly or whatever. So my point is to say, like, if that was if business was not classified that way earlier, we would not even think of it as like, oh, that's necessary. Cause there is a way to do business where you do business like ethically. There it's just it's a way. Like, can you make it's not necessary? Money doing that? It's not necessary right. at all. It but well, it is necessary in a world with this many people to get where you have to go. The problem is an, a normal person like you and me would not do like, we would not do that. It's not mm-hmm. that important to me. Like there's a lot okay. of people in the NBA who's like, 
I want to be in the NBA and I want to have a good career, but like, I don't want to be the greatest ever so bad that I act like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant where like my whole life is just basketball and I don't do anything else. And I'm just this ultra competitive asshole to everyone who comes around me. Like I want, like people get make fun of LeBron James for like not being that guy. Right. Like he's, Mm -hmm. I guess he's the one like they, they, but they, they criticize him for being too nice or having friends in the league. Like they criticize him for that Mm -hmm. because the archetype, of what the greatest of all time is is michael jordan the person who gets slighted and shows up to mm-hmm. your house shows up mm-hmm. to a reporter's house to play him one-on-one or mm-hmm. he's best friends with charles barkley and he never talks to him again because charles barkley said he picked some bad draft picks as an owner and then they just stop being friends for the rest of his life like that's you're right that's sociopathic behavior but in the world that we live in if you're going to reach that level that's almost what you have to do to be that but yeah, i agree with you it is it is fucked up behavior and mm-hmm. i think yeah i guess you're right you know, i think i guess i'll say all that to say i guess you are right about lucas but i don't think he's like i guess when i think about sociopathic behavior you just automatically go to like the worst like mm-hmm. possible yeah, like scenarios killers, right yeah and he's yeah. not that i think those like, are psychopaths yeah people who he's harm absolutely people, yeah yeah but he's absolutely practicing that type of like obsession and dominance like he's very he's very i mean this is a good time to talk about this but he's like the character of lucas madison is very dominant like high archetype like type a alpha male but he's alpha male in the way of like a like an incel gamer like a person who's Mm -hmm. like plays video like an e like an esports like incel type dude like mm-hmm. super like super alpha male but like weird and off off-putting and like not really socially he doesn't like get like the nuances of like some parts of social but what we see in this episode is he absolutely does understand other parts of like social interaction and how people are react how people how to get like people riled up and what their emotions are like he knows sure. that to a fucking t mm-hmm. which is very similar to Lo- i think you said this last episode one of the things that logan r- completely understands is like how people work and what triggers people mm-hmm. and you know we, we talked about earlier tucker carlson getting fired you know uh i saw people on twitter today and they were like oh, it's not a big deal. All Fox News is going to do is just get another white person to take a spot. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. like, that's not like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. sure. I'm sure you can you can always find a white person to say racist stuff or sexist or misogynist sure. and homophobic or stuff. Or brown. But, or a brown person. But like people like Tucker Carlson, and I know people don't like to hear this, but it's true. People like Tucker Carlson, people like Rush Limbaugh were especially good at their Al job. Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they they weren't just, I mean, they were horrible people, but they were horrible people who were incredible at being horrible, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. they knew how to trigger people, what words to say to trigger people, how to, like there's a lot of people on TV or on Twitter With that just conviction. say racist stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they don't get the traction that these people get because they know how to get those people to do mm-hmm. what they want them to do. And you can't, the reason why I was so happy and a lot of people I think were happy with Tucker Carlson getting off the air is because yeah they're gonna put someone else there but they aren't gonna be Tucker Carlson like he was the number one ratings person at that place by far for a reason because he was good at it and getting him off air is going to be a net positive for the world for society (laughs) yeah for society 100% and so yeah 
I think that all your points are really great and that's why you're so smart. But speaking of, and um, I did mention this earlier, how there's a clip of Uncle Don going around and people are like, oh, this is why they just fired him. And the clip is like some brown dude, uh, some Indian American dude. And I don't mean brown is like a slur, obviously. I just mean like brown isn't like a person of color technically, but a person who comes to this country to socialize, not as a person of color, right? Um, so anyway, he is a Republican candidate and they're arguing about, they're arguing and that he said, and you know how he was on this, um, apparently he was on this morning show with this white woman. Mm-hmm. He's mums the word the whole time, not just mums the word, but like looking away in a way that anchors are not supposed to do when two other people are engaging and they're on camera. So anyway, the, the Indian dude is saying that black people got their rights after the civil war, including, or based on the fact that they had second amendment rights. And the, and the NRA helping black people get access to guns, help them get their rights. Some type of bullshit like that. And I'm not like making it up or being like hyper, hyperbolic. And Donald's like, what the fuck? And he's like, I'm offended that you, that you would, that, that you would say black people don't have the rights that they have. And he's like, how are you going to tell me you're offended? Whatever ethnicity you are. He's like, oh, I am Indian American. And I just think we should be able to talk about everything. He's like, yeah, but you can't tell me I'm black. You can't tell, and then they're like, "This is why he's fired." I'm like, "What the? Two Americas, bro. Two Americas. Because <laughs> how are you letting that happen? And how are you? And, how, and apparently, Don Lemon was like, "Hey, get out of my ear. Whatever y'all are saying, I can't because I'm, I'm trying to argue with this nigga." So basically, it's like there really are people who will go down that line of like go down that line of of dialogue to the death because, and then and then say the craziest thing in the world, which is this is just facts or this is just history. Or look it up. And my thing is, st- stop the fucking show and look it up. Like, see, everybody should have a fact checker in the corner. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think like the the people say we're divided these days, but the main reason is because there are some people who unequivocally are socialized or brainwashed into a way of thinking and refuse to incorporate any other, any other input that challenges that. Meanwhile, most Black latin asian indian whatever well, i'll take indians out as it's a different issue american people who are like radical about their rights are we're still very much taught white history none of us were able to learn our history only and not be exposed to that so we learned both and chose to like choose our our people or whatever however you want to place it the other groups are not they have not learned about our history and still have their opinion so this is not what y'all hopefully this is what y'all tuned in for hopefully you guys know this is the level we're gonna get to when we're chatting and that's that i won't apologize for being political where were we madison is a psychopath or or sociopath and he he riles them up okay they come in the meeting so hold hold on hold on hold on you skip some stuff so first so important part here is that um when they first go in, right, they're mm-hmm. talking over each other, and Mass is like, "All right, chill the fuck out. Like, like, let's get oh, this shit together." <laughs> not and, even that. No, I actually think even that is already game. Everything from when they, everything from everything was game on Madison's part. The fucking email with them knowing who they wanted to invite, them forcing them out all out when nobody was ready to go but Kendall and Roman, um, him coming in saying, "Oh, it's just me." When he knows he passed the message to say decision makers, people up top, and he knows that like that, yeah, they're CEOs, but like they are just stepped into that role yesterday. He go the the thing with Shiv, 
the oh you brought all these people it's just me okay nigga you're the one who brought us all here why would i not think they're coming they pull him into the he pulls him into the room he goes he says that like you just said he goes oh oh whoa, whoa, whoa what are we doing what are we doing starts mimicking them and then he goes whoa calm down guys and then next thing he goes okay can i just talk are you guys gonna let me talk i want to say stuff fuck you yeah because he's you. smarter than them but this is what i'm like, trying to explain to you he is you. smarter than them they are but idiots like, <laughs> but it's like is it is it is he smarter than them or is he also doing i'm not hitting you i'm not hitting you i'm not hitting you no like, is he's he also smarter just than them. on their nerves i don't know I don't because know. he's setting them up he's, he's setting them up he's basically seeing that these are not he first of all he knows when once he found out that kendall and roman were in charge he was like, "Oh, I got this," and and they made a play that he did. He he kind of saw coming, he but he didn't really see coming. Mm-hmm. But then, unlike Roman and Kendall, he was able to adjust to that play, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. which they are not able to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. Kent Roman basically tells them, "We like the offer, but you know, we want a little bit more. We think you're not giving us the proper valuation for our company." And Lucas was like, "How about I buy your entire company?" For a dollar, because <laughs> this he's playing them, he, right? He's he's getting them off kilter, right? He's trying to get them like off their spot, right? But like, imagine, but but hold on, this is what's crazy about this. This is their family company that their father who died last week built. So is he playing them? Yes. Is he smart? Yes. Is that not fucking necessary? Also, yes. Maybe it's yes. necessary to his end goal, something we don't know. But that level of playing was like in mourning and all that is definitely like sure. Is it fair? Is it's like is it fair game technically? But it shouldn't be. And so Roman and Ken are basically like, uh, yeah, good joke. And he's like, no, listen, I'm being serious. I do want to buy ATN though. Like I want to keep it all. And Roman's like, no. And, and right there, Lucas had him. Because Roman made an emotional reaction. No, like he's like, no, why? Why do you want ATN? He's like, why? And Lucas is like, I don't have to tell you why I want ATN, which he's hundred percent correct there. I don't have to tell you why I want that shit. Yeah, you can tell you can tell me. Well, it is good faith because in a business you can tell me no or it's not for sale or it is for sale, but this is going to be the cause. But like, I don't have to tell you why I want that shit. And so Roman's like, well, that's not dad's deal. And at that point, Lucas knows, okay, Roman is operating from the perspective of, I want to live on for Logan's legacy. Like he, Lucas picks that shit up immediately. Ken. Yeah, he he definitely should have, they definitely should have had a better poker face for sure. But I do think that like, I, I would just say this, if we have a deal that's been going on for six months, as they say later, and you want to change the deal, a little bit of why is like, helpful because it does seem like because because my assumption is the why is to be an asshole or because the is the why because you see the value and then later he says he doesn't see the value so yeah anyway keep going so then roman's gonna ken's like well what's the price and roman is roman's giving away all the game here he's like i don't think we're ready to talk about price because at this point kendall's trying to keep a poker face and kendall's like he's like 187 uh, per share, which is a fucking great price compared to what they were looking for with 144. And they don't actually need ATN. This is the thing that we're like missing with the kids. They when we started with them in episode one, they were trying to do the 100. 
something completely different. Then they saw the little, like the little bell, like the little birdie in the corner, and it was Pierce. Oh, we need Pierce. And so they overbid for Pierce to take it from their dad. So they paid 10, they want 10 billion to get Pierce from their dad. So then they're like, okay, we're going to take care of Pierce. The next day, they're looking at Pierce TV. It looks fucking boring. And it immediately went from, I don't want Pierce anymore to, we need to we need to get more money from the Lucas Madison deal. And then the dad dies, yeah. and they want to be in charge. Like, they just go from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another, because they don't have any focus or any idea of what they actually want to do. Is that fair? Absolutely. But is it, is that also why him pulling them up right after the death is unethical? Because, like, that is their last thing of their dad and that was his dying wish and like literally his dying wish was to keep the deal like literally his dying wish was to maybe get more money like um i do think that it's easy for roman to be knocked off his game because his dad just fucking died so do do i hear you yes do i think that mass is smart and he had this play all along yes but it's like again i just can't stress it enough like he yeah he's playing them but like to what end yeah, well, we'll see to what end. And so he says, all right, we'll go talk to this. We need to go talk to the to the grays, the gray heads out there. And so I wrote, the kids are clearly not prepared for this. And then uh, they're, they're walking back, and Ken's like, what do you want to do? And um, he's basically telling By the way, though, that- by the way, though, you're right. At some point, one of those consultant strategy people should have said, what if? And they definitely should have been prepared for that, because that is mm-hmm. like a thing you could have prepped for so that's fair and roman's basically like well that's dad's deal dad wanted to keep atn and kendall's like he's and he didn't say it directly at this point he says it later but he's basically like yeah but we're not dead what like what do we want <laughs> like what do we want not right. what does dad and, want and why he wanted it probably my guess would be like it's a propaganda arm and it's a way that he keeps his hands in american politics because yes. with him not having any impact on news, that is really a loss for him. Like, he's not the type to retire completely, right? So um, that makes sense. But what, what Shiv says later is 100%. And what I said, it's a toxic asset. Like, you do, like, that's going to bl- explode on you much sooner than PGN would or the 100 would. Like, this is something where there's a lot of players in there. There's a lot of SEC or FCC violations happening or polit- political violations. It's just toxic. And well, so, Roman Fox News just paid $750 million to listen, Dominion, and they got another lawsuit that's right now going through the courts that they're being sued for $2.6 billion because of this toxicity, stupid them shit. Them niggas be lying. My mic was on the other hall inside the room. I'm sorry. Them niggas be lying on, the, on there. So it's like, yeah, exactly. So they run into Shiv, and what you were just talking about, Shiv was like, I just found out that ATN is sitting in on presidential strategy meetings with Nankin. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, do y'all not know how fucked up this shit is? Mm-hmm. And she even says, even dad had a line, right? Like, because if you remember when Logan was talking to the president, it wasn't like he was part of the meetings. He just would mm-hmm. call the president and kind of discreetly mm-hmm. say he what up. he was thinking. Or, like, kind of allude to shit, but he wasn't, like, actually saying shit. Yeah, he wasn't on staff. 
You're like in the I'm like basically on the staff. Like you can't do that shit. Like and what is what is Sid's Jewish Jewish ass doing? Like, what's her plan? She is like really in these meetings trying to get fucking a Ron DeSantis hired. Like, what is going on? That's the job. And so she's Jewish, right? She, Hopefully that wasn't anti-Semitic. And then uh Ken says, Hey, Wait, can I tell can at- I tell you something real quick? This this is your answer yeah. to this. Once I okay, I personally my first job was at the Jewish community center. And so I am so like down with the Jews, all that. Um, supportive of the culture, understand that they went through some terrible shit and and like really supportive, not anti-Semitic at all, right? So I at my old job, there's this woman I work with whose last name to me was maybe like Yiddish or Jewish. And so in one kind, but she did like nothing about her was like, you know, typically like of, of that region. Like she wasn't necessarily European. I didn't, so I didn't know her ethnicity. So instead of asking her ethnicity or like her culture or her religion or anything, I just said, oh, are you Jewish? And it was, and it was apropos to something. And she goes, oh, thank you. I was like, what? She was like, mm. like basically when people ask, I guess people have asked her this often or before and she's offended. So she says, thank you instead of getting offended because she feels like I'm being rude. I'm like, I'm a black girl. Like why, why would I be called? It just didn't make any sense. Cause I was like, you're, I was just asking about the heritage of your last name. Like I'm not coming at you crazy. And that always threw me off. And I thought about that for so long. Cause I was like, why are you so defensive about the idea of being Jewish, bro? Like it's like, either you are or you aren't like i'm not coming to collect you and take you nowhere so i don't know if people where people stand on that on that story but i literally felt like i felt offended that she assumed i was trying to offend her am i wrong am i crazy yeah you are wrong but it's okay it's okay because she has a right to be offended you wouldn't you wouldn't why is it offensive to be jewish if they sound jewish i'm like no i think about it though do you have to explain why you're offended as a black woman all the time? Do you like doing that? When I someone who's not a if black somebody woman... asks that, and that's a great that's a great question. If somebody asks me, "Are you Latin?" I'd be like, "No, pero hablo español." Hey, are you Jewish? No, I'm black. Hey, are you mixed? That happens all the time. Do I get offended? No, I'd be like, "I'm full nigga, hundred percent. Check my lineage." So, no, I don't get offended. I don't go if they go mixed. I don't go. <laughs> Thank you for thinking I'm mixed, but I'm not. I'm black. Because there's reasons why people might think that just based on skin tone or based on name or based on like these different historical things that people that may be inaccurate, right? But like texturism, stuff like that. And I always like to clarify. So anyway, I'm just saying this to say like, I, I do think like in the hierarchy, like in the oppression Olympics, you cannot be offended by me, bitch. Like be offended they by the white offended. women. Who are co- they can be offended. Be offended by the white women, the white southern women asking you that. I was just making conversation with you. They don't know that. But we was having a conversation, so it's like, why would I be having a night? Like, okay, we were sitting at dinner, right? So like, it's why like are me you right assuming now. that a white person that would ask him that is not doing it in a conversation? Because they, because there would be some okay, because white people are inherently racist unless they do the work. I'm see? not. You so, see, you see, so here's the thing. you see what that's you're like doing? me and you. That's like me just turning no. on you and going. Michael Richards. Let me tell you something that I found out in this world. Uh, Black people are absolutely racist. Like, let's not, like, I know it's prejudice. They're prejudiced. No, no, no. I don't want to hear that bullshit Twitter (laughs) wokeism. We can't, we can't be racist because, no, no, no. 
no, no, stop it. Because that is not how anyone uses racism colloquially. When you start getting into this is the definition of racism, it has to do with the power that's, of oppression. No, black people can be racist to all types Prejudice. of people. Mm-hmm. No, no Prejudice. racism. Let me tell you. Okay, hold on. Because now we ha- now let me just say this. If I this if I'm a, if I'm an Asian person and I work for you, if I if mm-hmm. I'm trying to get a job with you, mm-hmm. right? You're the boss, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to get a job, and mm-hmm. you don't hire me because I'm Asian. Are you applying power to your position I'm with your prejudice? I'm, I'm no, applying. Okay. No, no. I don't want to hear in that, different in terms. That, in that small, in that myopic instance, potentially. But am yes. I at power in any larger way? Who cares? Like that. But that's what the point is, right? So here's what I'm before you before you make me forget. Fuck. I'm gonna. I had a good point. All I'm trying to say is that when we think about when we think about like how oh here it is, and then we'll get back to topic. I was thinking, I was listening to this podcast that I hate listening to because the content is good, but I fucking hate the host. The host is, it's a very popular podcast with a uh, white Latino host, and I hate this nigga. Anyway, he tells jokes like, like, is it like anti woke jokes or whatever, but the content is what we're in. So, anyway, he was talking about this, um, this uh, Jamaican dude who ended up murdering his whole family. So, very much spoiler alert. But beforehand, his Jamaican mother was offended when he brought home a white woman for his wife. And he was like, oh, reverse racism. I was like, um, I think in that instance, what people love to erase is like, it's not her color of her skin. It's okay. What's her daddy about? What's her mama about? Is her family? See, but you're like, doing this thing. Her, like, or, but see, you're doing no, the but thing. Hold on, but no, that's, that's what, but, but you have to put the context to why. Yes, but you're assuming that these decisions are made with context. Like, so if a white person is racism, if a white person does something racist, you assume it's done because they're racist, which 99% of the time, it's the 99.9999999% right, of the time racism. is true. They were taught racism. If a, if a black person under. does that, you're assuming they're like, well, it has to be because what their parents did or this or that or this and that. And it's like, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt that that's why, or it could just be that they don't like white people. Right, but I'm saying that for white people to be considering it as apples to apples, the problem here, the bigger, the larger issue is not who's right and who's wrong. The larger issue is white people ignoring the probability and history of that being unhealthy or unsafe for the black person in the relationship like everybody want to act like racism is done and then nobody wants to talk to their maga uncle that's all i'm saying is like nobody's ever considering like oh there are people in this family that might harm like in this example it was a bad one because he was a harmful one but there are people in that family who might be harmful to him emotionally financially like socially whatever so that's yes but you're assuming that is all i'm saying like, no, but what I'm, you're... Saying, I'm not, but I'm, but I'm saying that nobody acknowledges that like white people do have a history of this, like a, they a do. clear and proven history. But when you don't acknowledge it and make it seem like, oh, it's just color of skin, it's not that. It's the, it's the probability and the likelihood and the actual, like the actual statistics around people being like, oh, I was with my wife, but her, her mom wouldn't let me come to dinner or the dad wouldn't walk her down the aisle. These things do right. happen. They happen way less often in any other community. That's all I'm saying. No, and I I'm agree just with saying you. That. That's all no, I'm saying. I, no, I agree okay. with you. But what I'm saying is you're assuming that's the reason why they don't like the person. And I'm saying to you, yes, that could be the reason. 
Or they could just it, it could be not like right, the person. Right. They could just the not pro- want them to be a white person. But what person. you're doing, but what you're doing, is being too rational in a situation where the people who need to apply that level of logic are the people who don't and continue to cr- to be the same, continue to perpetuate the same bullshit and just like not change and not look at racism and not ask themselves those questions because they want to like you know they want to be anti woke. They want to blame reverse race. That's all, I mean I think we we have the same ideology. We just express ourselves differently with that. Well actually we have semi different ideologies like on shift stuff like that. But the point I'm or what Allison was really where we differed. But um, anyway, I say all that to say that I think that there's, where do we go? We start from racism. Um, black people can be prejudiced. I think we agree on that. You think racist. And then before that, we were talking about Matson and this just deal. So you know, I don't know how Just we got so you here. know, before we Are move we on, I looked, up, I looked up racism in the Oxford here Dictionary. And it so, says, white. it says prejudice, discrimination, British. or antagonism by an individual community or institution against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is minority or marginalized. So this basically says you can't be racist towards white people, right? Because white people are not minorities or marginalized, at least not in America. They're not minorities or marginalized. Uh, But that doesn't mean like a black person couldn't be racist to an indigenous person. They absolutely could oh, be exactly. racist towards oh, the indigenous yeah, person. Yeah, the hierarchy yeah. Olympics for sure. I'm just saying, like, like. Ain't, so don't tell me black that... people can't be racist. Say so they can't be racist no. to white people. Okay. Hey, See? I will give you that. Secondly, See? I will say of all the people offended, like native people can come and say whatever they need to say to me. Like, let's like that's yes. a key that still has not had their due, right? So I'm I'm all I'm all for it. They I'm just saying, they like, basically just get ignored. I talked about this on a I got was a guest on a podcast. Um because I don't know if you know this, but like I went back to school uh at, so I had a marketing degree and I went back to get another bachelor's degree before my master's degree in political science because I wanted to be a strategist. Like I wanted to be like a democratic progressive strategist wow. for a while. Okay. And so like I used to do like guest podcasts to talk about that stuff. And so uh, I was on a podcast and I'm not laughing at this. It's not funny. We were talking about like uh, the election and like, um, you know, how people talk to different groups. And I was basically like, yeah, people say that Democrats ignore Black people, and they do not do as good a job as they should, but they don't ignore Black people. I was like, if you want to see someone who gets ignored, go try to find any type of policy positions or anything Woo! in regards to talk Indigenous people. It's like, go try to look for that. Look for the, talk about talk the about... more reparations and more acknowledgement about sterilization. Yeah, like, go, like, if, a, if something happens in the Black community, like that's bad it does happen but it becomes news right so like when like those things if big racism things happen it's news if you know big police shootings sometimes there are are vocal there are visible organizations against those issues yeah this stuff happens to indigenous people and no one knows because it just Mm -hmm. does not get covered at all (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just ignored so i didn't mean to get too much on the tangent of that but that's like a, a big thing with me it's like those things that thing just gets ignored it's like it doesn't even exist. I gotta be honest. Now I'm starting to th- wonder if anything I said was anti-Semitic. Well, no, doesn't mean it was. I was messing. Okay, with I'm you. just saying. Can you listen back and make sure I don't want to ruin my future? No, I don't okay. think it was. I just okay, I don't I su- think it was. I support all people, and I and if that was something offensive, and if a, a Jewish woman wants to tell me that, I will listen. Thank you. 
Yeah, we're not going to get you canceled today. Okay. We're not. We won't let you you get canceled. It's crazy to actually have a future and be like, fuck, I can't just say anything anymore. Okay. So, speaking of that, Shiv tells them this is a toxic asset. This is where we were. ATN's a toxic asset. It's old. Get rid of that shit, which she was 100% right. And she's Mm -hmm. like, and they're like, uh, you know, they're like, well, the people like us. Like, it's not a toxic asset. And she's like, no, dummies. They like that you're about to sell to Madsen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, the WWE, they, it came out that, like, Vince McMahon came back after he had gotten let go or basically... For we, Me Too? Yeah. For, well, not sort of like Me Too, but, yeah, it was way after the Me Too movie, but, like, Settle sort of like shit, that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he came back because he's the chairman of the board. He owns 50% of the stock, so he has to be involved if it's a sale. And so it basically came out that, like, WWE is looking to sell... And immediately the stock price went up like 10%. Because when you sell, it's it's your stock price is gonna go up. And so they're anticipating, right? They're and like, he was like, oh, oh, they love me, they want me back. So like Kendall and Stephanie Roman are like stepped down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Stephanie retired basically. Well, completely stepped down. She's not even working there anymore fully. And so they're like let's talk about Ken- how that's the real succession. Why the fuck? Was the chairman doing that walk down to the ring to speak to this? <laughs> what other business is the? Ch- I know he started it or whatever, but is the chairman going down on stage? That's like, that's like Atlantic the Atlantic Record CEO opening for Beyonce. Like what? And then their daughter being like, "I I like this too. I'm also gonna work here." It's crazy. Really the man family is a very much like succession in a way. Uh, my my man Rich Fan on for the PW Torch uh, actually had a podcast talking about that how how similar the McMahons are to the Roy's. So go check that out. It was hopefully, great. Hopefully we hear from him soon. So uh, yeah. So then Greg and Tom check in, and Greg's basically like, "Hey man, like tell me." I mean, Tom's basically like, "Give me some, give me some dirt." <laughs> and the first thing Greg says is. Madison fucks with <laughs> noise canceling headphones, which so is Japan. weird. It's so, so weird. Podcast, he says he's listening to podcasts while I can't imagine doing that. Bro. No, please. Oh, no, you don't have to imagine somebody. Please, I swear to God, please have sex while listening to us. Don't tell us about the sex and stuff. Just let us know that you Madison us. And I think that has to be like that has to be notable. Like that, that has to go in the world records, right? Yeah, somebody I think has that sex is pretty with normal. us in the ipod yeah let's do that i feel like people are doing that and but so, i think the oneness of it it's the fact that the other person is all in and one person's like but i gotta catch up on my stories i gotta yeah. catch up on my bra- my bravo summaries and so uh then he tells him there's a kill list and it's got eight or nine names on it he doesn't know who's on there though and then tom basically tells Greg, hey if i need you to if I need you to sacrifice, if I need to sacrifice, I need you to come here, I'm going to give you the eye. Mm-hmm. And Greg kind of looked at him like, why the fuck would I do that? <laughs> yeah. But wait, by the way, why is he like the master of, what's, what was Viserys? No, not Viserys. The Whisperer? The yeah, master whisper. that was Viserys. That was master of Whispers. Yes. Oh my God. Every, no, Varys. That was Varys. Varys, yeah. If, anyway, um, that I'm like, see, that's what I said. Oh, shit. Pay attention to Greg because Greg is walk is like running around with the rats and cheese. I don't know if I. I well, he know. is. Greg is yeah. making a play because he goes over to the to the siblings. He's like, "We're the quad, quad squad. squad." 
that and they're like what the f- oh wait he goes what he says he the roy patrol <laughs> but he says we're the we're the we're the quad squad or something like that and and shit goes yeah the fuck? great line no he says the family he says the family and then she says the fuck they they were in the writer's room screaming they were in the writer's room like we did it we did it guys i do want to hear that that was great maneuvers Mm -hmm. okay what's uh what's up what's the counter what (laughs) yeah in case you guys want to fling some ideas around just within the safety of the quad the quad yeah the, the quad squad the the Roy Patrol, the the old team, the fucking the the family. The fuck? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that is perfect writing, man. They are so good at this. Like First they talk all, about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. They talk about prestige TV, like that's the term that we have now. Like mm-hmm. there's pres- prestige TV. This is prestige TV, like in every single way, like comedy, drama, emotion, acting, writing. Like, this is peak television. I'm not saying it's the best mm-hmm. show ever, but it's up there. Like, it is peak television. Like, just and something as simple as that is just fantastic writing. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, first of all, for that nigga to say, what's the counter offer? That's <laughs> I scream because even if they were the quad squad, the quad squad that's crazy. That's, the, that's your opening line. Hey, how y'all doing? What's the counter Oh my god, I love that. Um, I mean, later Kendall does stand up for him. He's like, "That's my fucking cousin. Don't make fun of my cousin." Um, yeah, that's what we're about that- to get to. So yeah, right. Tom is trying to get in with because Tom has been playing these angles the last two episodes. He tried all three siblings. Now he's trying. He tried with the C suite folks. Now he's trying to get in good with Madsen because I think he heard that he's trying to buy ATN. So he's basically like, "I need to get in with him so I can save my job." And Madsen again because. He's smarter than all of these people. He basically is like, let me see. They're basically, let me see how smart Tom is. That's what they ask him about, like, France. Because if you're the head of fucking news, you should know what the hell is going on in France. He gave the most, for a British nigga, he gave the most American. Can you please, if you're able to, that yeah, answer. That. Co- okay, so this is definitely a I didn't do the reading in class kind of answer. But at the same time, I don't see an American news. <laughs> I don't see a Fox News leader saying anything different. A Fox, I mean, Fox News people, they would know about, they, here's the thing about Fox News that people don't understand. People think they're like incompetent just because they're racist. They're not incompetent. They are like very competent. They're just horrible people. Like they're fully aware of all of these things. They just take the absolute horrible, most like wrong, racist positions on these things no you're not gonna tell me that tucker carlson starting tomorrow is gonna be reading the wall street journal in the morning and tucker drink, carlson like, drink from everything that i understand is like a really brilliant man he's just horrible like i think we do this thing sometimes where we're just like terrible people must be stupid they're not because st- we think that like no, these things are like illogical he's he's actively i i don't think my personal philosophy is you can't expose yourself to certain things without them creeping in. So I'm just saying like, you can't read about the world and know what's going on and not start to have like either some type of empathy or like a really strong anti something. Like it's like, it'll seep into, even if you are like 
white supremacists. It'll seep in to how you talk about those things. No, because you're saying that from the perspective of someone who's not. Because when you read these things in the world, you read them and you interpret them through your worldview. And it filters through how your mind works. So you have empathy for these types of things. And so you filter it through that empathy. But if you see the world through the other side, then you read those things through that position, right? No, so like, even like okay, one time I was at the car dealership and this dude was telling me how fuck Americans, fuck like American chattel slavery, the most slave, the most in, tra- b- per, oh my god, trafficking, tra- human trafficking is at its worst right now globally. And started telling me around the world how human trafficking right now is worse than slavery completely like disagree with him but the nigga had he had statistics to bring to the table like his view was still enhanced by the fact that he had like looked these things up so do i do i think that tucker Carlson? i do not think tucker carlson could do that and be an idiot just like i don't think alex jones could be i think there's like a character flaw more than a mental flaw i'm not saying that i'm just saying that i don't believe that they have like a healthy the way that Europeans look at the world, the way that they're sitting around talking about is France going to make it, which is some bullshit to even be talking about right now. Like, I'm I'm thinking this wor- a World Cup trivia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But they're talking about, is the country of France going to survive? Like, shut the fuck up, bro. So that's even obnoxious in itself. I guess I'm just saying that there's not that many con- conservative, conservative think, uh, like leaders who are obnoxious enough no that's to talk about modern day france like they'll know about like napoleon and who he beheaded and why but they won't maybe no, but they but that's what i'm saying because like okay because you probably don't watch that shit like i don't watch it I anymore don't. I don't. but like I, don't. I used to have to watch it like when i was in that space because mm-hmm. you need to understand the other side like if you turned on fox news they're absolutely talking about the french people in the streets right right now they're just talking about it from a different perspective than you think they're telling their people that those people are wrong and they're they're doing this because they don't, you know, they they're privileged or they want these things that they that hardworking Americans don't have. Like they're talking about it from the complete other side. But it wouldn't function that way in your brain because you're like, of course the people are in the streets because they raise the retirement age. I support that. And they're like, these people are these these hoodlums are burning down buildings. Because they want you, because they don't want to work. Like, that's the perspective that they would put on Fox News. They fully know what's going on because you have to know what's going on in order to lie about it effectively, right? Like, I can't, I can't lie. Like, they understand racism. Like, you think they don't understand racism. No, they, they understand racism because you have to understand racism in a way that you can spend everything the opposite way, right? So you have to understand it in a way that you can lie about it to people. And but the dummies are the people who consume it. Like those are the stupid people. Because then because what you're saying it applies to them where they're like, because they're not exposed. Like you were just saying that those like once you become exposed to those things, you just start thinking those things. These people are not exposed. So they just they just soak in whatever's told to them and they believe it to be true. That's why you okay. could have people in fucking Kansas believe that they lost their factory job or that they're poor like kentucky's the poorest state in the, in the union right in west virginia is like the second they're like one and two and they're a very high majority white and those white people there are broke like broke broke dumb not educated bad schools broke no jobs nothing 
And but those people would still vote for the people who are taking away those jobs because they have been convinced that they don't have those things because you and I took it from them, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're not exposed to those things and they can soak it in. But the people telling them those things are fully aware that they that it's not us who are causing. Oh, them I truly not agree. I truly agree. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't know if they're fully aware of that on the level of what other countries are like to be able to chime in um, to that extent with like international politics but i think oh yeah thing- yeah yeah like mo- yeah i agree like most a lot of the politicians are stupid like i don't think marjorie taylor green is smart like she, like matt gates is not smart but i'm not talking about them so I'm i just so used talking- the wrong example i'm just yeah, I, I'm, yeah all yeah. all i'm trying to prove all i'm trying to say is that <laughs> this is what i was trying to say tom's answer felt on brand that's really i got tom's point. answer right here let's go let's go Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we were just discussing, uh, like, is, is France going to make it? Asshole. Sorry, in terms of, as in, like, the... as in, like, will they make, will France make it? Birth rate, <laughs> unemployment, sclerotic state, um, fucking angry Arabs, all that. Right. Will they make it or will they pull a grease? Well, what I, I think what you need to know about from a, well, from a U.S. news perspective is that we mm-hmm. really don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, US, is, U.S. is late imperial and we don't know because we don't really want to know. You know, we have our own Paris and when it burns, we'll build another. Wow, Tom. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I read a great article recently in The Economist about oh, this. Oh, excuse me. The Economist. Civil play. Tell us more. <laughs> no, well, no, no, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, just in terms of education and quality of life, old lady France, fucking don't fucking bet against the, the old fucking, uh, the, the, the baguette, uh, you know, the, the, the baguette I, might be mightier sorry, than the bagel. Uh, who are you? I don't remember you from the list. Me? Yeah. Well, therein hangs a tale. Greg Hirsch, Ori, Greg Ori Hirsch. He's a cousin. He's Logan's nephew. Wait, are you serious? Hmm? How? He's my cousin. He's good. There's, there's more of them. There's... <laughs> Wait, are you, you're, are you all related? Is this is no. one big. Uh, no, 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 yeah, you agree? Yeah, I do. I do, actually. <laughs> Are you done? Or... I do, actually. I don't know. Maybe it's funnier with subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sorry. Good one. Good one. I'm just... I've seen enough of this shit. But, uh, yeah, you do You do what you like. Yeah, we're just passing time till you come up with a counter. Right. He just... See, he's, he does not respect them at all he thinks oh everything everything he says after this is terrible but it's like there's still it still reflects his character more than it reflects on the kids yeah i think it reflects on his character but i i think it reflects on the kids competence he would never pull this shit with logan is my point because he knows he couldn't pull this shit with logan but he would absolutely do this to them because he thinks they're incompetent yeah i mean but I think you're right. Do, is that accurate? Absolutely. But is is he mistaking incompetence for, uh, com- like, conscientious? 
because I think they're just thinking about the fact that they have this deal. Other people give a fuck about this deal. This is other people's golden parachute. This is other people's like this is the kids' way to get PGN. Logan didn't give a fuck about anybody and what he cared only about himself. So I think that's where like there's a thin line between him being not being like him not being fuckwittable and him being that way because he's just gonna walk away and figure something else out because he doesn't give a fuck. Not because he's like such a maven, you know. But I think I think it's not quite that. I think Logan understood that his kids could not run this shit. And so the best thing that he could do was sell the shit, make them super rich, so rich that they can't fuck it up and let them go do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And so initially it was he wanted Pierce. So initially he was just going to let them do the hundred, whatever the fuck that was, and let them go do their own thing and be rich. But I, so like Logan had all these other people's shit in mind. It was just a a good deal. Madsen has changed everything because you ask like, oh, he he's changing the deal. They had a place for months or whatever, and he's changing all this because he can because he because he does not respect these two people. You don't treat right. someone you respect in this way. No, I agree, but I'm just saying that does he respect them because they. Like, he doesn't respect them for multiple reasons, but some of these reasons are not the kids' faults. And secondly, I think that Logan did... I mean, we already talked about this, so I won't repeat it too much, but, like, Logan did set these kids up in this way, too, where they don't have any other discernible fucking skills. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't make sure that they got into the Harvards and the Juilliards and the fucking Oxfords and, like, whatever, and got the best... Who knows what he did, but whatever he did made them codependent. He did not do his best to make sure they could stay on their own. So I hear you, but it's not like he did that because he, like, he folded all of them into the company and kept pulling them in one by one. He never was like go do your thing. Here's your million dollars. Go build something. I believe in you. Right. So that's all I'm trying to say is like, this is not always all their faults. Are they exacerbating it? Is it like predictable in a sense? Yes, absolutely. But they are, I feel like in this episode, at least they're trying. Um, and anyway, yeah. So he, he says a lot of shit to them, but again, could they cuss him the fuck out? Yes. But then that would actually play be blowback on them because everybody expects them to be irresponsible. So they actually are trying to get the deal and they're taking a lot of shit on the chin because they're like, and can he fuck up the deal? Yes, because the only person who is deep inside the deal is dead. Like, it's not like they can, he can fuck up the deal because Logan's on vacation. It's like, yeah, like a, a material shift happens. So I hear you, but I do think that, you know, he's taking advantage of it and you know who's to say jerry like if he kept saying all this shit to jerry he might get to jerry at some point maybe not maybe maybe i love actually i would love to see jerry in that room and see how if jerry gets gets thrown off but um it's jerry not wouldn't go jerry. down like this so what happened here though is that at this point in this conversation let me play it. you want to do this here all right at this point Lucas knows something's up right now, at this point. That's why he did this. Like he knows something's up. Like they're not acting. They're not acting in the way of someone who wants to do a deal. Like they're not. And Roman at this Roman at this point kind of just wants to do it for his dad. But Kendall is clearly giving off vibes of like, why, like, why aren't like, cause he's asking them cause you're getting through like all the mean shit. But like, if you get down to the purpose of what he's saying to them, he made them a counter offer. They had no comeback. Like they weren't prepared for it. 
hours have passed. They haven't come back to him to the table. They're just sitting around bullshitting. And he so he just basically bullshits them back like, are we just gonna bullshit this whole time or are we getting the deal done? Like, what are we doing here? And so he's he's basically like, Y'all are not doing I think in this in this in this scene is when he says something to him like, I don't know if y'all have done this before, but this is when you do X, Y, and Z. And then here's another example of how you know Roman and Kendall aren't prepared. How do you go to a meeting with Swedish people and don't bring a fucking Swedish translator? Like no one there speaks Swedish. No one. So you didn't assume that they might say some like even if like in the in the, in the in the way of corporate espionage, like try to get every angle to get the best deal, which is what these people are cutthroat people. You don't want someone who they don't know know Sweden Swedish to just sit around and hear. Like on Seinfeld, when Elaine went to the Elaine would go to the nail place with the Asian people and they would speak, they would speak in Korean uh around her and she didn't know what they were talking about. So she thought they were laughing at her. So they brought George's dad, who was a white man, so they wouldn't suspect him. But he but he served in the Korean War. So he spoke fluent Korean. And so he brought him there to get a pedicure and he knew exactly what they were saying about her. Like, how do you not do that? Mm-hmm. I That's mean, again, b- I think I think they are making it worse, but I don't, but again, I don't think that they're like the they're not the core issue here. Like they they're just dealing with somebody who was a match for their father. And so, and they're also coming in disadvantaged. The last thing I would say too is that like. Yeah, I mean, the way that you saw, you saw Matt, and it's like, as a businessman, I saw him as an asshole, and that's how I viewed everything. For example, like, him saying, oh, this is how you respond now, it's like, nigga, you just, you tore the deal up, let's be clear. Them asking for more money, in a way, tore the deal up, sure, because the deal was written, but him asking for an asset that was already agreed to be off the table is a bigger way to blow the deal up, like, price negotiable weed. So yeah, if because I told price you, is already if that- I came to a deal with you, if I came to a deal with someone you were working with, and then you took over, and then we, I had a deal for a certain amount of money, and then you came in to me after your price, after your stock has dropped twenty percent, asking for more money, right? Asking for more money, I would be out of line if I said, "Okay, I'll give you more money, but I need this thing extra." That's yeah, like I mean, normal I, business I think, negotiation. I think, no, but I think that there's there the extenuating circumstances are significant. For example, was the drop the drop was a historical event. It was not like that's like being like, oh, um, you know, not to say this, but like 9-11 happened. Why would you want me to invest? Okay, nigga, then we'll push the deal back. Don't force me down on price because of an uh, an event that does does not is not related to like the business itself or like like something the business did wrong and then secondly i think i hear what you're saying but i also think like in with the with the rappiness with which he wanted to get the deal done then you keep the deal as it is if we want to go back to the table and reassess because of those things that's different but he definitely called them to the table and said let's get this deal done and then change the deal and to be fair though like with the pricing sure are they changing it yes but they were trying to up him a couple dollars this nigga went up $40 up eventually up $50 or whatever I don't remember what the original price was but because he had a plan so all I'm trying to say is like if if 
if I bring somebody in right away, that's to close the deal. If you want to renegotiate the deal or prolong the deal or make sure the deal is right for you, we don't do it two days later. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. Like, I know what he's yeah, doing. But- he's doing all this on purpose, but he's taking advantage of the fact that there's not good rules. Like, the rules in business are like designed to take advantage of the person who's earning. And that's why I say you'll never be, and I'm not saying this for, as a negative. You're not going to be a rich billionaire CEO because you're too not because you're too you have morals. The same reason I will never be. You think Rihanna a, don't got no morals? Rihanna got a billion. Rihanna is worth a billion dollars. She doesn't have a billion dollars. One, so like okay, like all of her billion. all of her assets and stuff are there. And two, I'm pretty sure Rihanna has made some what you would call shady business deals. In some sense, in some part of the company, because it's, because it's impossible not to, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, like that is one thing I will. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not conservative in business, but I will say that, like, there there is a hypocrisy to pretend that, like, there 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 is no industry in this world that is 100 good, right? There mm-hmm. is zero industry. So, like, the, obviously, things are worse than others, right? So, the conservatives make the bad faith argument that if everything has right. some things that are bad then it's all the same. No, it's not all the same. There's levels yeah, to it. Yeah, it's like the, the sliding, the mudslide of relativity. But I think people on the other side do this thing as if, like, it's like when people pick and choose when to protest a product. And I'm just like, yeah, like, it's it's all hypocrisy. Because, like, I, I protest Pepsi to drink Coke because Pepsi did something I didn't like, but I'm sure Coke has done many things you don't like, right? So it's, it's, it's always like that sliding scale. And that's just normal human behavior in that sense. So I'm not saying it's mm-hmm. a bad thing, but it's just normal human behavior, but it is kind of ridiculous. And so like, in this sense, like the way you're describing this is as if Lucas has no morals and Kendall and Roman do, they don't have no fucking morals either. They just getting outsmarted. They're immoral people as well. They're just not good at this. <laughs> and so they're I getting out, saying. they're getting outdone. If, if they were like some like virtuous group of people that were just getting taken advantage of because their dad died, I'd be with you. But I'm like, this is not a this is not a virtuous company, and these are not virtuous people. And so like Fair. they should be apt to play the game in this way. <laughs> they they function, Kendall functioned after killing a kid. <laughs> like he was killing a kid. He killed a kid and just kept it moving. Shiv went and told a woman who was accused who was accusing a company of sexual assault. She basically pretended to be her friend and just said they're gonna they're gonna destroy you. So recant mm-hmm. your story. Like <laughs> like Roman was sexually harassing the legal the chief legal officer at the company. <laughs> like they're not virtuous people. So like I I agree with you. But I just don't have any sympathy for them towards Madsen. At this point, they're all terrible people. So when they're You're all right, terrible, maybe I'm coddling them. When they're all terrible, I just look at competence. I'm just like, okay, who's the most competent out of these terrible people? And they and those two are clearly not the most competent. But we'll get to my apology because we got to move. I don't know. I don't want to keep you up all night, but we got to yeah, get to my apology for Shiv. So mm-hmm. um, they. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Lucas tells them that you don't want. He, they try to play mind games with them. You don't want ATN, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we do want ATN." And, and so the Sibs, they don't think they're they're trying to say like, "You you don't get our business." Actually, I do want to play that scene because I thought that part was great. It's like a couple seconds. 
So you think? Do you think he said everything he said just to because he really does understand the business and he knew what to do, what to say to them? Yeah, I think he has your opinion. I think he agrees with what you said last week or the other week, a couple weeks ago about like ATN and that business model is not sustainable long term. Essentially, Lucas wants to buy it for parts, right? He wants to buy the skeleton of ATN and the infrastructure that they have, but use that to do something different excuse me, more long-term. People have that belief about Fox News because it's just going to take a lot longer than people think, right? Because, like, Mm -hmm. despite how we may talk about it it, because, you know, so many negative things to think about, but the world is far more liberal and tolerant than it was, right? So, like, it's a slow incline, but, like, Mm -hmm. if I picked somebody out of 1947 and just dropped them, a Black person Mm -hmm. from 1947 and just dropped them in 2023... Like, they would probably notice the police killings and racism, but they would be like, yo, this is the shit. Like, this this world is the shit. Like, this is great, right? Like, not that it is great because we, you know, you live in the time that you live in, but, like, things do progressively getting better, right? The the view of the world changes on things. And so, like, over time, their people, the impact on Fox News is going to lessen. If you look at, like, their average age, the viewer is, like, 57 years old or 56 years mm-hmm. old, right? So it's like... That doesn't mean young people aren't racist or conservatives, but it means a lesser percentage of them. So, like, every year that goes by, there's people dropping out, right? So, like, I didn't mean to go into tangent, but, like, so, like, you were 100% right on that. Like, that is a thing that is dying out, and I think Madsen sees that. So, here's the, here's the scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. You see a way back for our phenomenally lucrative and influential news operation? Well, <laughs> you going to save that? Yeah, it's... Thanks, bro. It's... It's fine, but the graph is horrible. Well, look, we're just, honestly, we're concerned about the fit, about your vision. And with half our value coming in stock, 50-50 split, we stand to lose a lot of value if you screw it up. So nope. it's complicated. It's not complicated. I've seen it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of yelling. Small men, big veins. Fat wallets. Sure, but... Long term, I don't think news for angry old people works. I don't. I would fold. Right then, they switch over to Shiv's face. And Shiv's making a face like, hey, I told y'all this dumb shit. I told y'all this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let in. Fat pipe that shit. Make it more Bloomberg gray. You know? Simple, cheap, huge. Ikea to fuck. Dude, I gotta say, I think maybe you don't understand what you're buying. Oh. And maybe that's why there's a disconnect here on value. Oh, sure. Lecture me, Volter guy. <laughs> it took a big swing. If you look at experiences, you look at the high ceiling on parks, cruises, IP turbo residential from a trusted brand. <laughs> Did you call it a trusted brand? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's a parts shop. Good parts, yes bad brand okay that's it right there he wants the he he wants the infrastructure of atn but he don't want atn (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm I'm sure fox news has great infrastructure but if i was if i was rich would i want fox like morally i just yeah like you said there's accountants there's publicists there's people who could who like you put a new mission in front of them they do the same they'll do the same work for sure 
they also have cable company contracts. They probably got streaming contracts, like all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but you again, can just... here's the big problem is like, this is their father's life's work. Yes, Roman cares, but I don't think Kendall gives a shit about that part. I think mm-hmm. Roman does. I, I read, I was listening to a podcast and they said like, Roman just wants his dad to love him. Mm-hmm. Kendall wants his dad to be proud of him, right? Mm-hmm. Like as being the killer, like you're not a killer. Damn, Connor you're wants his dad to like him. Connor wants his dad to like him, and Shiv it wants to be Logan, is what they were saying. And Shiv wants to be Logan, which you kind of see in this episode. I was like, that is a great way to describe the siblings. I mean, I think there's even a deeper thing, too, with, like, um, girls, women um, wanting to, like, that is the only way to really connect with your dad in some ways, is to, like, be him emulate him copy him because Mm -hmm. you don't have that similar training and like socialization so the only way you could do it is to get his respect is kind of like show those things so it's kind of like if you are in a if you're in a single parent home and you and like every like you your parent or you and your mother are cool with your dad it's Mm -hmm. like you you have those traits of your dad without whether you know it or not, whether you did it on purpose or not, that drive your mom crazy because there's like that natural soaking it in whenever you are with the non custodial parents. So anyway, there, there's like some always like deeper family dynamic stuff I see in the show. So I'm going to skip to right, a couple important points. Well, we still got a little yeah. bit, but hopefully but I'm going to skip to ba- some yeah. important parts. Basically, so- he's insult- he insults the shit out of them and he's trying to get this deal done. And like you said, he's been pressure. He's pushing. He's he's c- c- cock of the walk. Like he knows what he's there. He's completely has home turf advantage. Everything is in his is in his advantage right now. And he's pushing and pressuring to the max. But, but then he tries to play Shiv. Because he's trying to play all the angles, right? He did the mm-hmm. Tom angle. He did the gray, like the C-suite angle. He's doing the boys angle. And he tries to play Shiv. And I think he, and this is where I give Shiv credit. I think he sees a, like a, he tried to play Shiv. Then he realized like, oh, this isn't going to go the same way as it does with Kendall and Roman. Because they each have, the, all three of the siblings aren't 100% incompetent. They all have their own set of skills. Uh, yeah, like we talked about weird. Roman's empathy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna ask you, what did you think about the energy between Weird Lucas and Shiv? No, I mean it's the energy is. I think Shiv's not taken by. It. I don't know. Actually, see, I would have thought Shiv was like playing the role until the end when she does do something against her brothers, even though it's small, like to please him. Um, so she has her in now and she's taking advantage of it, which to me is worse than Roman texting dad happy birthday. Um, but I think what's crazy to me is he exposes some like like a whole scandal to her whether it's true or not i guess testing her and i feel like she failed that test i completely disagree i think the goal of that situation was to see if i can trust this person right no she she passed madison's test but failed the brothers were a three-pod test the brothers already turned on her so that's the thing like she's she went into full she at this point she realized what do you mean? They they even said it explicitly that we're gonna take the deal. We're just gonna Not be in at charge. That point, have they done it at that point? Yes, that's what they. That was at oh, this time, no. right before that. But they were. But all, I'm saying, Kendall how was, was she picking up on that? Like she already she picked up Kendall on it. Was, like because of his energy. Okay. 
Because the Kindle, the way he was acting, he's not wanting to exactly. take the deal. He's, you know, he's hung on to ATN that she knows that they know is not the greatest thing. Like she could pick that shit it. up immediately. And so she realized they're all, they weren't inviting her to any of the meetings. Like she already realized this ain't the three musketeers like we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So they're okay. going to fuck me and they're going to push me out this thing that we agree. Because you remember at one point she says to them, Hey, we're going to sell. We're going to take ATN and Pierce, right? Like she's basically saying, like, right? We're still doing this, right? Because she knows what's going on at this point. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, she's just like, "Oh, they're not going to do me like this. They're not going to take mm-hmm. this shit from me. I want my fucking money. I want my end on this." And if you notice, uh, I'm jumping around a little bit because there's a there's a scene I do want to play, but I'm jumping around a little bit. If you notice at the end when they give the kill list. All the women who Shiv likes kept their jobs. Carolina kept her job because she said, mm-hmm. she was like, what about Carolina? When he was talking about Eva and he says, what about mm-hmm. Carolina? And she says, oh, Carolina's great. And then at the end, when she was giving him, he's like, do you want some advice from how to handle this thing with Eva? And he's like, yeah. And she gives her, he gives him like his three-part advice. And then she says, I'll get Jerry on it. Jerry knows how to handle these things. And he mm-hmm. goes, okay, okay, I, I trust you. And then when they got the kill list, Jerry and Carolina weren't on the list. So mm-hmm. basically, Shiv made a power play. She got Madsen to do what she knows had he had to do to get this to go through, to fuck her brothers who were trying to fuck her. And she saved the jobs of the people that she thought she could trust so that I'm guessing she's going to leverage them and go to them and was like, look, I saved your fucking jobs. So y'all need to back me for whatever the fuck she wants. Like, yeah, I mean, it still feels like Madison's in control of all of this, but I hear you. I do think Madison's in control, except I don't know. I think I think Madison opening, I think he lost some control. The one mistake that he made where he got outplayed was he shouldn't have told Shiv about that shit. Because what she said to him was like, when you buy this shit, if this shit gets out into the newspapers and shit, like they're gonna they're gonna roast you. You're gonna be toast. That you're sending fucking liters of blood to your fucking your your comms person who happened to be your ex, like that's fucking weird as shit. You're gonna be toast. And her admitting him admitting that to her put him in a vulnerable situation where she has mm-hmm. some leverage. And so right. I think that was a mistake that he made. But I don't think she's willing to exercise that leverage as long as she can get some of the things that she wants. Um. So. Mm-hmm. What did you think about what Lucas said that he says what the cuz he says we nothing we, about it made sense to me. It was he it said, was it was beyond. He said something to the extent of we we made this joke when we were together and things were going good and then I acted on it when we broke up. So like when things were going good y'all were just like wouldn't it be funny if, if you sent me some blood? Like what? Yeah, I I mean it sounds like they were on some Billy Bob, Angelina Jolie type shit with like blood piles <laughs> around their their necklaces, but in general, like that's what I'm saying. Like it's just a uh, that like it's like you can tell me he's so smart and he's so he can play people and he can read people, and then he says some shit like that, and you're like, no, he just got lucky with this group. That's it, because he's not. No, I don't think he's the smartest genius. person in the world. Mm-hmm. I think he's way smarter than Kendall and Roman. I don't think he's the smartest person in the world. He's just smarter than those two dummies. That's all I would say. I agree with you because that was stupid. Why would you tell Shiv that? Like that was so dumb. That was just a dumb play. 
But, oh, here's what I want to say. So this was a big thing on Twitter that a lot of people picked up on. When Kendall and Roman were talking, and he and Kendall was like, I think we should tank the deal. And then Roman was like, what do you think dad would do? And Kendall mm-hmm. was like, whatever the fuck he wanted, which is absolutely true. <laughs> whatever the fuck he wanted to do in that moment. And so mm-hmm. then they were like, well, we got to make it seem like it's Lucas's idea, which I was like, y'all mm-hmm. are not smart enough to do that. And then Kendall mm-hmm. said, that Lucas, he said, Lucas is a card trick. Said and people, uh, that was like a thing that was almost, it wasn't trending, but like I saw so many people write that tweet, tweet that out. And they were like, the audacity of Kendall Roy calling someone else a card trick. Like the audacity that he would say that is just absurd. That was one of the most absurd lines I heard on the show. Um, did it look to you? Felt- first of all, Shiv, did Shiv actually do cocaine? When? So you didn't see that scene when he was talking to Madison in his house and Madison was doing cocaine and she said, Shiv, do you want some? And she said, sure. And it looked like she put it to her nose, but I couldn't tell oh, if she completely. actually did it or she I was just faking doing that. it. I don't have no yeah. idea how I missed that. I'm sh- uh, I don't think she did it because of the baby. But she took it out and put it to her and she was drinking. Like she actually took a drink. So I don't oh, know. Shoot. Maybe she did cocaine and she's trying oh, to she's get rid of the baby. I really do. I don't know what the fuck's going on there, but that was a wild scene. Uh, maybe she just thought I had to do what I got to do to get in with this guy. Like, like if you she know, don't like, have the baby, I take that back. If she doesn't want to have the baby, that's fine, but that's not the way to do it. Right. Like, you know, like on the, I don't know if you saw the uh, the uh, eyes, but like they, the guy mm-hmm. were undercover and he had to do drugs. So like, I don't know if it was like one of those things where it's just like, if I want to, like, if I want to make this play, <laughs> I got to go all in. Yeah. It's definitely thing. like Oz. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like Oz. And so then the then Kendall brings Greg in. This is where you your part comes in. He brings Greg in. It's like, hey, a journalist is going to call you here. I need you to leak some shit to them because he's trying to do this thing to tank the deal. But of course, it's so fucking obvious who it's coming from that like <laughs> like Shiv knows it. Oh, that's how Shiv found out right there. Like Shiv immediately knew. Like, okay, y'all, you're doing you're talking about this shit about the movie. Mm-hmm. You're playing this fucking movie that's horrible. Then mm-hmm. the people, then this shit from the journalist comes out. Like, it's so obvious that y'all are trying to tank this shit. But she doesn't want to show them her hand because then they might think differently. And mm-hmm. and Roman even asked Kendall, should we bring Shiv in? And she said, he said something like, will Piggy dance? And they're like, no. So, like, they don't think Shiv would go for it. Because why would Shiv go for it? She's cut out. Y'all two mm-hmm. are in charge. She's not in fucking, she don't get shit if y'all keep, mm-hmm. she don't get no money. If y'all don't sell and she's not in charge, what's the fucking point? Mm-hmm. And by the way, she tells Kendall tells Jess to get a fucking 4K screen, big ass speakers, <laughs> it at it at the middle of the night to have it set up mm-hmm. the next fucking morning. In the morning, yeah. He's a work <laughs> And she got I mean, it done. he's built he's built from the Roy Cloth. So she is she is really good at her job, I should say. And so at this point though. Shiv felt some power because she got in with Madsen. She made she thinks she made inroads with Madsen. She's starting to feel herself a little bit. And then this scene, I wanted to play this scene with her and Tom because this was like this was really weird, but it it seemed like they were like flirting. I don't know. So like I wanted to get your opinion on that. So here's the scene. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Great. 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 Yeah. Let's go. Let's take it to the ridge. Rocket. Mm-hmm. Rocket, fellas. Shut, shut up. Hey. Hey. Oh, what are you hearing? I hear that uh, Jimenez thinks he's going to be tap dancing across Lake you know, Michigan. You know, you should be careful, Tom. Why? 
Because people are coming down from Mali, and their pupils, they're dilated. And your shoes are like looking at the sun. No, they're dangerous. What are you doing? What are you telling me? What are you telling me? I'm helping you, Tom. This She's is why like people don't take you him. seriously, because your shoes are so fucking white. <gasps> Ow! Your earlobes are thick and chewy. The fuck? Yeah, like barnacle meat. What? I wish you a little chat with Lucas. He's good. Yeah. I mean, he's boring, but he's very conventionally attractive. He's broad. I used to think you were broad, but you're, you know, compared to him, you're wiry. You're like a fucking spelunker. What was that? What was that scene, Chanel? <laughs> oh, I was utterly confused. I obviously she's directly engaging Tom, so in her world that is like an overture, but um everything about it was weird. The kicking of the rocks was very sandbox. Like this is literally your husband and probably your baby's daddy. Um secondly, she she like and then she's so offended. I mean, he flicked her ear hard as shit. But she's so offended. But I, at first I was like, oh my God, is that abuse? And then I just laughed because I was like, he literally just got his lick back. Like he was like, oh, you want to kick me? Here you go. Boom. So something some, like I was really confused about everything about it. And then um, her like negging him didn't work for me, though, because that was never his kink. So it's like, why are you going back to that? Like, don't abuse this man again. Like, you want to flirt, flirt, but don't tell him another man looks better than even though she obviously doesn't mean it it's like i don't think he's really that's not really healthy um i do think she was kind of attracted to madison i sure, think they had kind like, of a sexual energy right so why are you doing that to tom then like what because i think that shiv is now shiv feels like she's getting back some power and now that she has some power back i think that she sees tom back in that way right because i think she has some feelings for Tom, but she needs to be the dominant in the relationship for it to work for her. She right. can't and be that, and that's submissive. not necessarily right, but that's not a healthy relationship. So it's like don't bring Tom back into this dynamic because you now have like the thing you need instead of healing. So that's all I'm saying. Like he like and and also Tom, stand up for yourself and don't lean into that. But anyway, yeah, I thought that was weird as shit. So um, then the the kids yeah. meet uh Lucas up on the mountain, which was fucking beautiful, by the way. They actually shot this in Norway, like actual Norway. Um, oh, yeah, they spent some money. And this is where Roman loses it. I'm just gonna so like before this part I'm about to play, uh Lucas calls his dad a prick. And this is after Luke Roman saw the picture of his dad, and so he can't even control his emotions anymore. And this happens. Unbelievable. Talk directly to the board. Talk to the old ones. Unbelievable. Rome. Yeah. Um. Hey, I was just thinking. Do you remember when you asked when my dad was gonna die? Yeah, that was a joke, Rome. You really couldn't push this a week, could you? You just couldn't, like, there was no part of you that could just be like, hey, let's reschedule and move this because, you know, their dad just died and, you know. I mean, my sister's kind of, she's fucked up about it and her brother's a mess and I'm fucking, I'm gone. I'm like, I'm on the fucking, I'm dead. It's over for me. It's okay. It's fine. But you just drag us out here, you inhuman fucking dog man, you. 
crazy. You, brother. you you fucking killed him too. You're the one who did it. You just and you did. You drained the life out of him. You dragged this thing out for six fucking months, and then you bring us out here now. You couldn't wait like a few days. You actually couldn't do that for us. No idea, huh? God. Yeah, shut the fuck up, man. We're not selling to you, okay? We're not doing that. We are gonna grind you down, man. We are sand in the gears. Every email's gonna take like six months. We're all gonna spend hundreds of millions of dollars, and in the end, you're gonna get fucking bored and move on. It's not happening, okay? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I fucking hate you. And if you tell the board I said any of this, I'm just gonna say it was a negotiating tactic. And you know what? Maybe it is, but it's not. So fuck you. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. You just fucked yourself. Did I? Good. Really? Yeah. Good. Did you did you hear what Did you hear what little brother what I said? said? Did you hear it? Was that clear? Yeah. You know, it's a it's a negotiating tactic, you stupid cunt. All right. It is. Okay. You piece of shit. You heard that, right? That was all emotion. All emotion and like I told you Lucas is very immoral, like you said, but he says it to him. You fucked yourself right now because you you showed your hand. I knew that I knew you were trying to do this. You just told me you were trying to do this. Then you just showed me you that you're emotional about this, that this is not business. Because you remember, so what Lucas is doing is what Shiv pretended to do a couple episodes back when they met with their dad in the in the karaoke hall. But she was like, no, no, this is not emotional. This is not, this is business. We just want more money. Even though she was full of shit and was completely uh, doing that. This was, um, this was completely emotional here. And Lucas Madsen was like, you fucked yourself. Yeah, I mean, um, I tell me again, though, what, I missed it. What example was Shiv? Remember in the remember in the karaoke hall where they were where they confronted Logan? Oh they were yeah, trying to when tell she him, when she let it all out, and she's like, "No, this is not emotional. This is all business." And they're like, "No, it it's not. Yeah, this was all emotional." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm just bored with it because it's like clearly he gets what he wants in the end, but he did it by pressing on a very like universal nerve. So, like you said, did it get outmaneuvered? And is that their fault? Yes, but like, it's hard to imagine like the best of the best business person not like getting round up about this like people only have so much in them and I think it's crazy that like they're supposed to be like the the paragon of like being impartial and calm and whatever and like there's no rules for the other guy who's buying like I think that's kind of crazy but yeah I mean he clearly got what he wanted because they think they they think they did it they think like they they think they got their little packed in order and they're gonna walk away it's so funny when they're on the plane because kendall and roman won't tell them how it went and kendall's just walking and they're like they're like kendall's kendall has a poker face but it's roman you watch him and roman does look like depressed <laughs> yeah. um and then it's randomly it's frank who gets a call matson hangs up after telling him that instead of instead of the 144 they wanted or the what was the other number 180 186 he's going to go 192 and he keeps atn and they start popping bottles meanwhile yeah. the girls are like oh my god like because they they did like they did play their hand and they did get i mean technically they got the money out of him which is what they should care about but they also lost their opportunity Bingo. to have yeah but it it's also what they lost should care about 
right but this is also their only real opportunity to have a legacy that is that is like feels like their no, own it's- no it's actually not no i'm just saying it'll feel like it's theirs but it actually was like the only way to have a legacy that's secured because if they go start the hundred whatever it could easily flop this even if it flops it could be blamed on their dad or blamed on a million other people so it's like this is kind of perfect for them and their egos and the story they wanted to tell themselves about succession and i'm sure they're going to do all kind of stuff to try to fuck it up but in general i understand why they're disappointed crazy enough even though they should be like oh my god we have enough money to get pierced if we want to we have enough money to go on an island if you want to we have enough money to give to the kids and go go live in south africa if we want to like there's so many things they could do but they are it's like again like you said they're trying to prove these things to logan from beyond the beyond the the grave so yeah because they don't actually want to do anything and and lucas strategically calls frank so that who is gonna who's gonna do a backflip yeah yeah, and everyone's going to hear and they're going to cheer. And the craziest thing is the thing that they always wanted was this adulation and this recognition of doing something great, which in this moment they get. Mm-hmm. Everyone on that plane is telling them how great they, they did. You negotiated the fuck out of this deal. You got us way more money than you thought. And they don't want it because they're never happy, those two. And then Shiv mm-hmm. gets a call from, just to wrap this up, the last scene, Shiv gets a call from Lucas. <laughs> and this is what you brought up. And Lucas is like, take a picture of their faces. Because he knows he played them. Yeah, they're pissed he off. knows yeah. he won. But <laughs> but I know she's mad at them, but I don't love, I don't, like, he's still a, he's still it, is a prick. Like, he's the prick here. So, yeah, she's aligning with him, but it almost seems like, I don't know. I just didn't like that. Like, I, like, because I feel like they always have been like, we go so far and then we pull back. And this was just like, why are you so, why are you trust Madsen so much? Like, maybe she doesn't, but like, they didn't use Shiv as a pawn in this situation. They did oust her. They didn't treat her with respect. They didn't like use her. And I feel like she's kind of letting them kind of, I don't know. I, I didn't love it. People can tell. Well, they me lied if, to her. Cause remember when she, in oh, order for no, her- they did her wrong. I'm just saying like, it wasn't like they were like, Oh, we're going to cut Shiv out. Or like they didn't, they just didn't involve her versus what she's doing is actually like giving Matt and what he wants, like in satisfaction regarding her, regarding them. And that felt like, slightly more personal like what they're they're being selfish but she's being like revengeful if that makes sense yeah well yeah. the last thing i'll say before we go is if you remember in order for shiv to get on board they were like we're doing this as a we're three, a three for, yeah. we're gonna well, do this we'll as three. y'all are gonna be the front people and mm-hmm. she said we're only doing this for a few months six to eight months to get through the sale and then mm-hmm. we're going to do our own thing and when she, and, and if you remember in the beginning of this episode shiv was on board with them she was just encouraging them to get the deal done, you know, make it happen. She wasn't going behind their back. But once she realized that they were going to cut her out, that's when she made her play. Because at that point, right. if they stay in charge, she gets nothing. She no, gets I get nothing. that. But no, she gets no job, but oh, but she gets, I get, oh, I she guess gets no right. money either because they're not selling. Oh, I guess you're right because they're not selling. Okay. Well, I would say this. Um, I mean, shit, she could start her own season five baby but no she basically <laughs> she basically says um i guess what i'm saying is like it madsen is definitely the enemy of her enemy in this moment but that yes. does not mean madsen is her friend and i think that she Correct. just like that's all i'm just worried that she's too comfortable because she gave this she gave like this you know a me too moment she gave a she she like supported the wrong horse in the me too moment again advised this man put women 
like yeah she elevated women but in in defense of like a man who's gonna tear down her father's you know life's work whether he should do that business-wise or not who's going to who's gonna fire the woman that he's harassing because he's keeping carolina right so it's like she's mm-hmm. aligning herself with like not a much like you know it's witch or the devil right actually i take that back because witches are not evil and they're not inherently evil either anyway um the last thing i want to say is that you know she has a scene with tom and this was a scene that actually was flirting when she yeah. like she lets tom know that sid's out because it, sid actually should be out but she gives him the power to tell her and um, then she asks if he wants to go to dinner. And he's just like, is the sun opening up? What is going on? You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that that was nice. But that, but why what do I order an apology for? But it was all power because she she led Tom to believe that she oh, was yeah, about sure. to fire him. She's yeah. like, We're gonna make some yeah. changes at ATN. And Tom's thinking it's him. <laughs> yeah, but what 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 do I why do I need to apologize? What I miss? Because she was the most competent sibling on this fucking episode oh she definitely showed some guiles for sure like wiles which one is it she definitely did the thing she definitely peeped it she peeped it so much i didn't peep that she peeped it that quick um she definitely i I wish that she had confronted them instead of moving Mm -hmm. in silence but i do think that she moved in a way that was like smart in the short to medium term um, not in the long term because uh, there's no way Mass is keeping her for real for real in the long term or there's no way that Carolina and Jerry are truly safe for a long time if he does maintain any type of like the company as it is today because it seems like as soon as he gets his, the value for the parts those people are out too whether you want to admit it or not but um yeah like she she definitely played her hand and I do agree with her that ATN is a toxic asset and she yeah like she was about her business today only only <laughs> only note i have for her is stop playing around with tom he just doesn't like get deal with him as a as a on all these other ways but now you're in a personal thing and secondly if you want to be third on the on the thing and nobody else besides roman and kendall have promised to include you be a fly on the wall bro like i i would just i it just be there because they're not going to keep coming like okay they go in the meeting with Madison. She gets the attitude and leaves. So as soon as they walk out of the meeting, they have to go find her. Stay close. Stay close. And she admitted in this episode that Lucas Madison asked him, "What's going on with your marriage?" And she says, mm. "I broke time. I broke his heart. Then he broke mine." Like so, she admitted that she did something wrong for the first time. That she broke his heart. Uh, all right, so we're gonna right, get out of to here. this we stranger, to this strange, <laughs> to this weird, stranger. terrible man. <laughs> That's all. Um, yeah, like they they overbonded. I'm worried about that. I have no idea where it's gonna go. I think Greg is still a disgusting brother. I think the most the poorest person here is Tom in a way. The most privileged is all the Swedish people speaking Swedish. And um, what is that last thing? I don't remember anymore. The nasty brothers. No, disgusting brothers. Greg. Greg is just disgusting Greg. brother. Greg is covering it for everybody. Oh, and uh, asking for peeing in the middle of the meeting. <laughs> yeah, that was so disrespectful. That was the most disrespectful thing. I'm just going to piss right here for you. Uh, okay, I kept Chanel up really late, so let me go through these really quick. I have some quotes. Um, Ken, the beginning, Ken called the random people additional manpower. Welcome additional manpower. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, March of the Emperor Penguins when the C-suite people came in. Um, 
when uh when Rome when Roman and Ken were in there talking to the sweet sweet Shiv called them boomers versus zoomers. <laughs> um Ken said let's bleed the sweet. Uh Tom said Norway, Sweden, what's the difference? It's all descended from the same rapists, <laughs> which is great, fucked up, but probably true. Uh Greg said a bit of Norwegian wood. Uh Ken, we are deaf wrestling with ogres. Uh, Shiv said, which way to Chairman Madsen's re-education camp? Um, Hugo says, I metabolize fast because I'm dynamic when he was eating all that fucking food. Yeah, they played uh, on that one. <laughs> they played the shit out of him. Uh, Lucas said, are you scared to come talk without the village elders? Talking about the C-suite. Uh, Shiv says, when they said, we need to keep AT... Roman said, we need to keep ATN as dad's legacy. And Shim Shiv said, let's keep one of his old sweaters as less racist. Which <laughs> is great. Line. Uh, Greg said, old lady France, don't bet against the baguette. <laughs> the baguette uh, might be more powerful than the bagel is a good one. Yeah, that part. Yeah, I forgot to write that. Yeah. Lucas said, uh, small men, big veins. Uh, Ikea to fuck, which is a fantastic line. Um, Carl says, there, when he was looking at the people in the sauna, they're hanging in the window like Peking duck. <laughs> uh, Shiv said, uh, the majestic stags are sparing with their memory foam hard-ons. Um, Ken, said, for me. Ken said, when he was talking to Roman about making Madsen feel like he caused the deal, there's a tight, right, tight rope walk on a straight-edge a straight edge razor. And by the way, Ken looked like he just took a hit of fucking crack when he was talking to Ken Roman about that. He was so excited. Um, Tom yeah, said your earlobes. Tom said your earlobes are thick and chewy like barnacle meat, which is such an odd line. I don't even know what that means. Um, and then your line, Lucas said, "Are you Scooby doing me here? Did you go to Hanna Barbera Business School?" Okay, that is that definitely thinks the episode title. But also my favorite three two lines were squ- quad squad type shit when Greg came up and was trying to label his assignment. <laughs> and then also NASDAQ Master Race was a good one when Carolina was explaining. Oh, I missed that one. When, she, when did she say that? She said that on the plane when they were listing like how they were like Fulbright Fellows and like like Olympic Winter Olympic oh, yeah. uh, alum, and she's like, they're like the Nasdaq Master Race, and that's when Jerry gave her speech. So I thought that was okay. interesting. But I really, I really, what did I say? I think that Hannah Barbera. That's because he kept saying, "Are you Scooby Doing me?" And I kept being like, "How do you mean Scooby Doo?" And then I had a moment when I said, "Oh my God, Roman is scrappy," and I, I had that. And then I was like, "All right, let me get back to the the content at hand." But um, I guess he was saying like Scooby Doo, like you find out that. Actually, Scooby-Doo might be perfect because there would be somebody who's trying to do insurance fraud or like a theme park and try to say it's haunted so that nobody... Yeah, that's exactly what would happen to Scooby-Doo. At first I was like, I was like, is this like a European misunderstanding our TV shows? But ultimately it's great writing. So I kept Chanel up way past the bedtime, so thank you, Chanel. Thank you, guys. Let's see if we can get 3% completion of this episode because... Uh, we went hard, but I enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, remember, you can leave us a review on podcast or Spotify. If it's a five-star review, we'll leave it on the show. You can email us at wewasdragons at gmail. wewasdragonspod at gmail.com. Uh, we'll read the emails on the show uh, and let us know. Give us any feedback on the show as well. We'll be back next week for episode six. 
We may have a guest next week, so be on the lookout for that. Hopefully. And thank you for listening, and we'll talk yeah. to you soon. Oh, I have a sign up. I have a sound. Stay privileged. Oh, that's perfect. Stay privileged. <laughs>